Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, The Fabulous One, Scotty Freytown, along with uh, the um, just uh, frustrating Tyler Dean today. I just... Fly, Eagles, fly! Oh, E-A-G-L-E, Eagles! Oh, God, I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, um, wild week in the NFL. We're, we're right on the cusp of all of the uh, the playoff. The, it's, the, it's the playoff clinching week here. It's do or die week. It's a big week. We lost a few teams out of the playoff mix mm-hmm. last week. Um, yeah. Teams that we knew was going to happen, like the Browns and the Panthers. Well, there's a few that we knew were going to happen, and a few we... we uh, Got to see really fall off the grid. Um, Washington was kind of expected, but at the same time, they were so on the cusp, you know, so it was kind of a, a They almost could have, like, backed their way in by just winning a game. Yeah. But yeah. we all kind of knew they were going to probably end up losing out. Yeah, I, I and think. it's becoming more reality now. Yeah, they, this uh, this character that they have at quarterback, what, Josh Johnson, is it? This week, yes. Yeah, this week. Um, you know, he seen it well, with Colt McCoy hitting, hitting free agency. Josh Johnson uh, still taking over that uh, that lead quarterback role, and um, and now they have a tough one against a very very hot Eagles team. It's getting hot at all the right times. Um, just going to be wild. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's like last year all over again. Um, and Nick Foles has emerged, as I said multiple times. Nick Foles has emerged from the uh, uh, phone booth. from the phone booth with the Superman outfit on. You know, Clark Kent has emerged as Superman. So uh, it's it's getting kind of interesting over there with the um, the old Eagles uh, and and you know the the playoff picture starting to, to shape up. Tyler, we're, we're right on the cusp here. Last mm. week we're in week seventeen. It's the final week of the regular season. Um, we're going to be talking about a little bit about playoffs. We're going to be going over that a little bit. Um, but first, and, and and from Team Purple, both of us in the, are basically in the yeah. same situation, exact same situation. Um, it's winning in. <laughs> and lose and go home. Yep, that's it. Um, so here we are. Um, first, Tyler, let's go over it. Uh, week 16 in the NFL. Here we go. Um, first and foremost, the Redskins beat the Titans. Or I'm sorry, Redskins lose to the Titans. Rather, 25 to 16. Uh, Titans uh, top them. The your Baltimore Ravens keep the playoff hopes alive against a uh, an LA Chargers team that we thought we both thought we're going to trounce uh, the Ravens. Ravens stay alive, 22 to 10 on that defense that they had. Um, the New York Football Giants dropped to the Indianapolis Colts, the red-hot Indianapolis Colts, um, by one point though. Uh, Colts have won eight out of their last their uh, last nine. They started the season one and five. Uh, kind of an interesting little thing there. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars they they won for they won for the second time in the last 11 games. Read that in there for a minute. They beat the Dolphins 17 to seven. The Atlanta Falcons 24 to 10 over the uh, Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey uh, has himself a hell of a game. We'll go over his uh, record-breaking day in a little bit. The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Uh, they sweep Cincinnati for the first time since 2002 in a single season. 20 Seems scary. 26 to 18. The Cleveland Browns uh, up on the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-20. Uh, the Cowboys clinched the NFC East 
for the first time since 2016. Not that long of a stretch, really. Um, the Minnesota Vikings beat the Detroit Lions 27-9 out in Detroit. I was at that game. It was a hell of a time. Kyle Rudolph was the uh, the big deal there. Nine receptions, 122 yards, two touchdowns, including one right at the end of the half. Big Hail Mary from Kirk Cousins. He went up and got it. Just a fun game to watch for me, anyway. Uh, the New England Patriots, they win their 10th consecutive uh, division title. They, they go up on the Bills 24-12, uh, go up to 10-5. and uh, The Green Bay Packers go up on the New York Jets 44-38. Devontae Adams had a game-winning 16-yard receiving touchdown. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles, beat your, your Houston Texans 32-30 on a last-minute field goal. Uh, Zach Ertz had the most receiving yards by a touchdown uh, by a tight end in uh, single season in NFL history. Here. Reception, not yours. Was it? Re- oh, reception. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, the Rams, 31 and nine over the Cardinals. Very expected. Aaron Donald has 19.5 sacks this season. He breaks a franchise record. Um, what's the record? 22 and a half. I think it's 22 and a half. Uh, the Bears. Beat the 49ers. There was a melee during this game. Uh, uh, Richard Sherman and company got into a fist fight. Uh, the Bears have won 11, haven't won 11 games in the season since 2010. Now they're sitting at 11 and four. Uh, the Bears topped the 49ers 14 to nine. Um, and uh, the Steelers dropped to the Saints 31 to 28. The Saints clinch home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. The Saints 13 to two at the moment. Uh, the Steelers they have an opportunity to make the playoffs, but it's a tight one. Uh, they're holding on by a tie there. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs lose to the Seattle Seahawks. Kind of surprising. Seahawks clinch a playoff for 38-31 over the Chiefs. And uh, then the, uh, the Denver Broncos drop to the, the Raiders 27-14. Everybody's talking how the Raiders might be on to something here, Tyler. John Gooden, oh boy. Uh, Broncos running back Philip Lindsay did go out for the remainder of the game with a hand injury. Um, and those are our scores. Mad Scientist is going to go and get Mark Sanders and win the Super Bowl next oh, year. Oh, jeez. Well, no, no, don't you know? He already signed Nate Peterman for that. Mm, nope. He's <laughs> to that. Not happening. He already signed Nate Peterman for that. Come on now, Tyler. You know better. Um, and that's our scores around the NFL. Tyler, stupid week in the NFL as far as, you know, we. I thought we were going to see more more definitive clinching. You know, I like to see when when a team like or when the, the season starts coming to an end, week seventeen. I it, I'm one of those people that wants results and I want it now. I want to see definitively that a team is clinched for the playoffs and they're in and whatever the case may be. That aren't and and and, and 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 on the AFC's case, you have teams that are out of the playoffs, but can that, still get in. They can that can still get the bye. <laughs> yeah, that's the crazy in a, part. In a weird world, I mean, we'll go more into more into that. But in a weird world, the Titans. Could go from out of the playoffs to, to have a buy. Yep, and that's it, how close things are in the AFC. Right it, now. It's kind of ridiculous, and and I, I like just having that definitive look at the playoffs. And at this point, we we're in week seventeen. We don't have a definitive look at the playoffs. We have an idea of who's in and who's not, and who's going to be there and who's not. We know who our top five, for example, in the NFC is, but we don't know who number six is. We don't know who's going to have home field advantage. We don't know if what's going to go on, and then the NFL just to make things, you know, and and you know this was a big cash grab, and it sucks for me, but it's good for the NFL. They they went and shifted games so that the two important games, the the uh, Bears and Vikings game and the LA Rams game, that they wanted to make sure that they were at the same time, so both the Rams and the Bears keep their starters on the field, so that people would be more inclined to watch. So here we are, 425, both those games are going on. If the Rams win, they get home field advantage. 
if Chicago wins uh, and the Bear and the Rams lose, then then the Bears get home field advantage and the Vikings are out of the playoffs. If Chicago wins, I mean, it, it gets wild well, right it, there. It's it's smart. So because the Sunday night game, the last game of, of the entire season, you know, what game that is. It's exactly. Colts and Titans. Winners in, winners in. Loser yep. goes home. <laughs> oh man, that's smart. That's smart decision. It, it, it's right smart decision making. At the same time, you know, for for a guy like me who wants to see his team make the playoffs, I'm I'm just screaming at the NFL. You guys are a bunch of jerks. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I'm so. You know, we we've got a, a few situations with the playoffs. Um, first, let's let's get into injuries though. We then we'll, we'll start talking about playoff positioning here. Um, we got some an interesting news out of Philadelphia, and and I'm so irritated by this too. Uh, Big storm. Yeah, not only does Nick Foles come out with the, the Superman outfit on, but Mike Wallace returns to practice uh, from IR. Uh, Mike Wallace was a big part of that Super Bowl win, and here we are. Was Mike Wallace? Yeah, he was. This is his first year in the team. No, he was with Baltimore. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Alshon Jeffrey. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Mike Wallace. He's a hell of a receiver, though, yes, he and is. here he comes. Vertical threat for Nick Foles, and you still got Elshon Jeffrey. You still got all Aguilar. these weapons. Aguilar. Aguilar. Yep. Well, and, and Ertz is the big one. Yep. Or surprisingly, out of all of them, you, the tight end is the big one. He has been though. But he's, he's been one of the best tight ends in the in the, in the league the last uh, few years. But given all those names, wouldn't you think it would be Elshon Jeffrey? You'd think. Yeah. You would think it would be Elshon Jeffrey. I mean, Elshon Jeffrey is still phenomenal. Absolutely. I mean, he was phenomenal in Chicago. Um, but so here we are, the Eagles reaching in their bag of tricks. Are we going to see a repeat of next year? I know you're worried about it. I'm freaking out. <laughs> I believe that this could be a thing. So, and, and now it's like you said, perfect storm. Here comes Mike Wallace off of IR going, Oh, Hey, well, Super Bowl time. What if Mike Wallace is the guy that explodes? He could. What if he's the guy that goes out there and just blows up? I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. I'm this enjoying Tyler. watching you squirm through this. Oh, don't worry. There's there's more. And and so on top of it all, on top of this perfect storm nonsense, the Redskins have placed Jordan Reed on IR. Colt McCoy, we already kind of knew he was out with the broken leg. They placed him on IR, but Jordan Reed now being out uh, puts a damper on everything because the Eagles play the Redskins this week. And if they beat the Redskins, then as long as the Vikings lose to a very tough Chicago Bears team. Uh, the Eagles make the playoffs in the number six seed. So, I mean, here we are <laughs> again with the Eagles going with a running around with their stupid freaking dog masks on again. And I'm going to sit there just going, I hate everything. If there's any <laughs> team right now that I don't want to see in the playoffs, and don't get me wrong, I hate the New Orleans Saints. I hate the Saints with a fiery passion. But if there's any team that I don't want to see in the playoffs right now or in the Super Bowl, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, look, look at it this way. The, the Vikings won't see them in the playoffs. Either the <laughs> sure. Eagles will be in, the Vikings will be in. Yeah, yeah. I guess that, yeah. I'm hoping it's the Vikings in, and then that way we don't see them in the playoffs. But realistically, if the t- now, follow me if you will here. If you're the Chicago Bears, and you've got the uh, opportunity to take home field advantage, you have a very good team, you've gone out and you've, you've beaten... Two of the best teams in football, really. You, you've beaten the number one and two seed this year. They beat the Saints? I believe they beat the Saints. Hmm. But, okay. but let's say from a hypothetical, anyway, we'll, we'll look into that. But but they, they went out and they beat the Rams, right? They went yeah. out and beat Kansas City, right? 
Yep. They, they went out and beat some very, very good teams. I believe they can beat the Saints. Now, if, if even if they, I, I believe they beat the Saints, maybe I'm crazy. But in any case, so the Chicago Bears come out. They, they are beating very good teams. I believe that the Bears can beat the Saints. If I'm the Chicago Bears, does it matter where I play? They didn't play Chiefs or Saints. Who'd they play? They, they, beat, they beat a couple of good teams, didn't they? They nearly lost the Patriots. Nearly. They beat your Vikings. Nearly. Yeah, well, yeah. They lost the Giants. Beat the Rams. They, they lost. They beat the Rams by a little bit. Um, they beat the Packers. They haven't really played anybody. Really? Yeah. Really? Beat the Lions, beat the Jets, lost the Dolphins, beat the Bucks. Beat the Cards. Beat the Seahawks. Beat the Seahawks. That one. That one's a big one. That's a playoff team. Uh, I mean, it was early this season. We thought the Seahawks were nothing, but the Seahawks yeah. are proving us wrong, and they lost. The so, Packers. so here we are. You know, but here we are with the with the Bears. I believe that the Bears are good enough, and I think they've shown that they're good enough to to beat anybody in this league. I agree. There, there. It does it matter where you play at this point? I don't think it matters. Uh, you you want to have the the, the 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 game off and get give people a chance to to to. Uh, Heal up a bit and, and be ready to go. I, I think you play for the you play for the, uh, and I, I guess this goes back to the point. Um, you can beat anyone in anybody in this league. So who cares if the Vikings and Eagles but, get in? But does get the bye? But doesn't matter. Here's the thing about it. Here here's my thing. Uh, now uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions that that uh, create my reasoning. Number one, would you rather play the red hot Philadelphia Eagles, or would you rather play a Vikings team that that let's be honest, you know you can probably beat. I think the Bears can beat both of them. And going back to the argument of uh, um, it's, it's rare to beat a team three times, uh, I don't think the, the Bears would want to see the Vikings a third time in the playoffs. I think they, they're they going to want to. And, and in this situation, so uh, if, I'm, if I'm the Bears I, and, and I love my boys, I love my Vikings, I'm happy that they're kind of putting it together late. But same time, if I'm the Bears, I want to play the Vikings more than the red-hot, Nick Foles-led, crazy now, as outlandish a whole, Eagles. I, yeah, I'd agree, but at the same time, I think you want to make you want to reduce your your playoffs by one game and play one less game. Let's let's look at, well and let's also look at the fact that okay, you're going into week 17. Don't play your starters then. Let the Vikings get the victory. Let them move their way into the playoffs. And, and don't get me wrong, I would love that, but not just for me, but for yourselves. Rest your starters, put your backups in, half-ass the game, let the Vikings get win, let them make their way into the playoffs, watch the Eagles see their way out, let Nick Foles go the hell away for the rest of the season. If I'm the Bears, I don't want to play an Eagles team that's putting up 40 points consistently per week and, and pulling rabbits out of the hat that's got Nick Foles firing the ball over the field. I, I don't want that. With Mike Wallace coming back, I don't want that. If I have the option, if I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm going, I don't want to play the Philadelphia Eagles, and they just went out and they beat Houston this week. Who? I don't want to play them. They go out, beat Houston, they beat the Rams. We're talking two teams that have a bye. I don't want to play the Philadelphia Eagles. If I'm the Chicago Bears, right now I'm playing my backups, and I'm going to let the Vikings win. I'm going to let them waltz into the playoffs, and then I'm going to start my starters, and I'm going to beat the snot out of them like I did early on in the year. I think you go for the bye. I, 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 and, and what's the difference? What's the difference between whether you get the bye in week one or if you get the bye, after, you're, you're resting all your starters in week 17? What's the difference? It doesn't make any difference. Having two, two games get you the Super Bowl versus three. This game, in a way, is meaningless to them. 
Big deal. Now, you know, and, and here's another fun thing, just a thought here. Teams that generally have the bye, what happens to them a lot of times? They won the Super Bowl last year. No. You know what teams generally do, usually do, that have the bye? You know what happens to them? What? They get trounced by teams that went into the divisional round because the team that went into the divisional round, guess what? They're usually better. They usually are ready more for the but fight. But going against you, the last... I think three years the bye team has won the Super Bowl. Which one? Uh, Eagles and before that Patriots. Eagles before that Patriots. It, who's, before, who's before that? Golly, I'd have to. Was it Seahawks? So there was there, there is something to that. I mean, we have seen some years where the where the wild card team goes and wins, but the last few years the uh, the the best team has won. I'm I'm seeing this Eagles team red hot, and here's what I'm seeing. All I'm seeing right now is Nick Foles circa last year, and I'm seeing Eli Manning circa so many years ago where they just back their way into the playoffs and start firing all over the place. I'm seeing this happen. We've seen it. Momentum gets on a team's side. If they're red hot going into the playoffs, generally they carry it through the playoffs. I don't want to face the Eagles. I I guarantee you, if if I'm any team in that playoffs... You know, your boys, Eric Weddle just got done saying nobody wants to see the Ravens right now. BS. Nobody wants to see the Philadelphia Eagles right now. And and if I'm any team in the NFC playoff picture, I am terrified, terrified to go up against that Philadelphia Eagles team and Nick Foles. I want nothing to do with them. I want them, I want them to stay home. I want them eliminated. I want them gone. And that's how, how, if any team in the NFC should be looking at this playoff picture, that's how they should be looking at it. I, I think I think you're speaking with some biasness in your, in your it's not just too. It's not just um, biasness. I, I think the Eagles are going to fizzle out here in a bit. Um, you, you, they, they beat a Rams team who you just shat on, by the way. You know what? They beat a Rams team that I just shat on, but guess what they did it with? Nick Foles. Who's the Super Bowl MVP? Exactly. Exactly. You know, they went on and beat a Rams team that I just shit on, but then what did they do this week? They went and trashed your Texans that won, what, 9 out of the last 11? Yeah. Be going into the game, 9 out of 10? But those two teams in its current Texans state defense are, are, are not great. the Chargers. They're, they're not the Saints. Texans defense is great. Texans yeah. has a great defense. They have a great defense right now. And actually, their offense has been clicking on all cylinders. They, well, they I'm went not saying and the Eagles aren't the Texans. I'm not saying the Eagles aren't, aren't the scarier team between the two. I, what I'm saying is Bears will and should go for the bye. I wouldn't go for the buy at this point. I would say, you know what? And and even then, even if you look at it under that perspective, say they're the number three team in the NFL. Okay, say they're the number th- number three team in the thing. They still get a buy in the divisional round. Hmm? If they're the number three team, they get a home game. The they get a home game. Yeah, I'm talking about a buy. I'm sorry, not a buy. I'm sorry, not a buy. But they get a home game in the divisional round, right? Yeah, but having that game off is important. <clears throat> They get they get the 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 home game or not the division round. There would be the wild card round. They get they get a, a home game though. At the end of the day, they get a home game, right? Yeah, I, I get that. And maybe that's what matters. I, I think you got to play for having having the game off. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I if you rest your starters in week seventeen, I don't understand why you would even care about the week off. Rest your starters. Let them go into the playoffs. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to just say, oh, well, I'd rather have the, the bye week. No, absolutely not. Let your backups play. Let your backups play. 
I, I believe the Bears would rather face the Eagles because they don't you know they, they don't want to face a division rival for a third straight time. I, I believe they, they should want to face the Vikings because the Vikings had trouble scoring points against the Detroit Lions until the second half this past week. I mean, really? Well, I, I see your point. Of this. I'm just saying that I, yeah, teams yeah. typically do not want to face a team for the third time, especially when they've already beaten them twice because it normally goes the other way. I, I don't want to face Nick Foles if I'm any team. And, and Nick Foles, I mean, is this Super Bowl Part Two, Tyler? Is it? Is it Super Bowl Part Two? No. Is this Superman? Superman Two popping out of the phone booth, getting ready to light the world on fire? Guys running around with dog masks on, acting ridiculous. I say no. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, also around the league, anyway, injury wise, you got uh, Odell Beckham. He didn't practice Thursday. Um, they're taking on the Cowboys this week. Uh, it, it really holds no major implications. Cowboys could move up a little bit. Um, it. It really it, it kind of makes things a little interesting though. I mean, if I'm if I'm the Giants, I do you do you rest Odell at this point, knowing that you're flat out of the playoffs? I think you do. I think you do. Let him let him make sure he's good to go for next season because I mean a, a, a tweak that injury could leave him where he misses training camp. You're right. Um, Marcus Mariota. Now here's one that that could get interesting. Now you were just talking about the Titans uh, being able to move up. Marcus Mariota's status is in question. He has a stinger. Um, now Mariota is obviously one of the biggest cogs in that that offense for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, how badly does this affect Titans going into such a major um, a, a major playoff run here? <coughs> Andrew Luck's so hot right now. I mean, they need Mariota at 100%. They yep. don't have a chance to win this game. I agree. I, this, this hurts. This hurts big time. And I, and I believe the Titans, uh, they could very well miss. They, they could very well miss if Mariota does, is not in this game. I think if Mariota's not in this game, they they lose big time. Yeah, yeah, and and the other thing about that game, other stuff surrounding that game, Eric Ebron is in concussion protocol. He's been a big piece of that Colts um, offense. Yeah, so it kind of makes things a little bit interesting, especially in the red zone for Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck's been red hot, but it kind of makes things a little tough. Um, more stuff around injuries. Uh, Zach Martin is unlikely to play Sunday against the Giants. Um, you know, he's a huge part of the, the Cowboys offensive line. Um, I believe you just sit him and you let him sit out until that, that wild card round and you take that wild card round. You, you, you let him in the wild card round and you just go for it from there. I don't believe you play him and I don't think you'll worry about him. I would deactivate you know, him. A, a players that, um, could risk, um, deeper injury and, uh, I, 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 my state my, my statement rings true for the, for the guy you're about to bring up here and Todd Gurley. Um, I, I think you you uh, let Tur- Gurley sit, sit sit the bench this week as well. Um, but do you? You do. Do you with with Chicago knocking on the door? I I stand by you play for the bye. Mm-hmm. But if you play him playing for the bye and say he gets hurt, you've gotten your bye. But now you have no Gurley for the entire playoffs. I think you make, do take a step backwards doing that. Yep. Todd Gurley does have a knee injury. Lamarcus Joyner. Um, with an ankle injury now, <clears throat> let's say from a you know, and and it's kind of it's kind of a catch twenty two here for you, Tyler. Anyway, you got you have the opportunity to get the buy, right? If you're if you're the Rams, you got the opportunity to get the buy. Same time, like you said, you always want to get the buy, but then you know you're looking over here, going, oh, Chicago's knocking on the door, but we don't want to hurt our greatest asset. Chicago could knock Minnesota out. Chicago could be the team that winds up with the bye week if the Rams lose. If Gurley sits, I don't think the Rams win. Who are they playing? The Niners. I think they beat the Niners regardless. I mean, 
Homeboy uh, CJ just put up a a clinic. I, I think they can get the job done without. Well, the 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 reason I say this is is that you have um, Nick Mullins, who is the number three best quarterback in the last what three weeks? He put up nine points this week. Number three quarterback. He's not putting up points. You know, so I mean, I I don't I. Against a very good Bears defense, mind you. Yeah. A very good. Now, now there's a significant difference between Bears defense and Rams defense. Right now, yeah. I I, I don't even, I wouldn't even say right now. I think it's in general. This season in general, the Rams defense has been quietly bad. They yeah. remind oh, me yeah. they remind me of the super team of of the Eagles. I said that last week. They remind me of the super team of the Eagles when the the super team got put together and then there was just nothing. There was just nothing. It just fell apart. Remember that? All they're missing is is Bart Scott and defense going, can't wait. <laughs> I mean, it really, it was just like, it, it was bad. Um, and, and that's what it reminds me of. Um, I don't believe uh, that that the Rams' defense is, is as good as Chicago's. And Nick Mullins, that guy, he's been weirdly good, actually. Weirdly good. They're not good enough. I, I, I think they're going to they're gonna trample over. The Niners it, with or without Gurley. It's it's up in the air. It's up in the air. Any given Sunday, you always, you always tell me that it ain't over, right? We we play Madden all the time. You're like, it ain't over. But uh, That's right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> other injuries around the league going into the playoffs. This one's gotta hurt the Texans. Demarius mm, Thomas. I guess. Demarius Thomas tears his Achilles. Um He hasn't been a huge piece of this team since the trade. I mean, he's helped in in lieu of losing Fuller. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's been this. He hasn't. He hasn't been Fuller. But does it? Does it? It negatively. I think we can agree. It negatively affects the Houston Texans, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because now that that's going to put more eyes on Hopkins. Yep. So now it's going to be. It, it's all up to Watson, really, at this point, to get things done. It's up to to Watson and Lamar. Really? Yeah. It's a, well, you know, that's that's what it is. Watson and Miller. Now, uh, so Demarius Thomas goes down. That's a big one. Painful, painful uh, loss there. Uh, the Chargers offensive tackle Russell Okun, uh, Okung, rather limited in practice. He's got an ankle injury. Tyler, if you're on the on the border, you're on the edge there, like the Chargers are now. Eckler and Keenan Allen are both back. They're full participants in practice and but, played. And against, they played against the chart or the Ravens. Yep. Now, now if if you're the Chargers. Are you resting Okung at this point? Limited in practice. They have to have a Chiefs loss to move anywhere, right? But what you're competing for isn't just a buy. You're competing for the number one seed. Yeah, you are. Ugh. That's a big one. AFC's yeah. tough. AFC's freaking tough right now. It's Chiefs got the Raiders, who I expect them to demolish. Well, we expect them to demolish, but the Raiders. Have been weirdly hot. I I think you bench them. I would bench them. I think that I think the Chargers kind of have a good feeling they're going to be sitting exactly where they're at. I I think they uh they go into the playoffs. They play this game knowing they're going to end up in the five seed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they know it. Um, e- even if they wind up in the five seed, you know, I, I think that the Chargers are a force to be reckoned with. I think they're oh, yeah, a terrifying a team. Um, so so that one's interesting. Uh, guys getting sat. Uh. Even more, uh, Drew Brees is getting sat this week. Uh, we, we we have Teddy Bridgewater going to be playing his first game starting as a Saint. 
Is Breeze sitting this week? Breeze is sitting. Teddy Bridgewater is, is going to roll in. So, Teddy Bridgewater, are you excited? Are you excited to see him do do his thing? <laughs> um, he, he didn't play bad during preseason before he got traded. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see how it goes. I mean, it's a new team, a team that he hasn't had a full offseason to work with. So, I'd be curious to see how things go. You know what I believe this is? I, I think this is Sean Payton going, I'm going to test, you know, the guy that's going to take over or that I believe is going to take over that spot from Drew Brees. If he plays bad, I, I believe he'll be uh, on the market in the offseason. Yeah. Well, and, and well, he did get signed. Yeah, it was a one-year deal, wasn't yeah. it, that he got picked up for? So, I mean, he's on a one-year deal. Maybe this is this is kind of, this is kind of uh, the Saints going, hey, Let's let's see how much tread this guy has on the tires. Let's see what the arms got. See if he's got anything. He really hasn't been any full game situations. This one could get exciting, um, just from that as uh, that aspect. Uh, uh, I I agree. I think I think this is kind of a uh, audition. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And and if he does well, we got to remember that Teddy Bridgewater's still pretty young. He's twenty six, twenty seven years old. Got a lot of time. Got a lot of tread on the tires. There's. You know, he he's he hasn't, you know, been been thirty five years old with a broken leg like Alex Smith here. We're we're talking a twenty six year old guy, twenty seven year old guy with a, a nasty knee injury. Came back from it. He got signed. He's been and apparently, <coughs> all, the Saints believe that he can go. So that's what we're going to see this week. Team to watch. I'm sure. I'm excited to see it just because the guy is a former Viking. I always did like Teddy Bridgewater. I just knew it was it was time to let him go with the Vikings. He comes out. He, if he does well with the Saints, and I, I think the Vikings will be kicking themselves. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm excited to see him. I hope he does well. He's he's a great guy. Every interview I've seen, he's been a great guy. Um, so so kudos to Teddy Bridgewater there, uh, making his way back. Um, now other injuries. So interesting one. Devontae Adams, we're going into the last week of the season. Devontae Adams, he's uh, says he's focused on breaking Shannon Sharp's single-season uh, receiving record. He's at uh, 111. Sharp's was 112. So he's got two more to break that single-season receiving yard re- or receiving record. And then Jordy Nelson's single-season yardage record for uh, uh, for the Packers, anyway. It's the, the franchise record. Uh, Jordy Nelson has 1,519 yards. Um, Devontae is 133 yards away. I think he's capable of doing both. It'd be a big game <clears throat> for him, though. What it comes down to, and I hate I hate to do this, but, I mean, how focused is Aaron Rodgers on, on this game, and does he really care? I, I don't think he cares, but it, it could be it could be a situation where Aaron Rodgers just starts throwing it up, and that's all they're focused on is getting the ball to or Devontae just Adams. Play and just let, but uh, what the backup is, get the ball to Devontae. Yeah, I mean, either way, I mean, Devontae though, Devontae is is been a hell of a, he's been a hell of a receiver this year. He's been doing a great job. We know that, um, and and we've been talking about him a little bit every time the Packers get brought up. We're talking about Devontae Adams. I, I think Devontae he'll break he'll break the reception record. Yes, sure. I, I think he definitely gets that as long as he doesn't have a setback in his injury. Obviously. Yeah, he'll he'll break the franchise. The one thirty three could be could be tough. Yeah, the the one thirty three one hundred thirty three yards is a big one. They're gonna have to start throwing some bombs to him. But he's been a playmaker. Uh, he's been in your face, and and uh, I believe in Devontae Adams uh, as much as I don't like the guy because he is a Packer. Um, I, I believe in Devontae Adams. I think he can break these records. Um, speaking of the Packers, we've been talking about head coaching options. We know Philbin. Has uh, been filling in. No, Tyler, and it's not Regis. Um, <laughs> Philbin's been filling in over there, and uh, now we're we're hearing about potential head coaching options. Uh, Jim Caldwell, Chuck Pagano, both uh, interviewing for this Packers head coaching position. Do you believe you could see Jim Caldwell or Chuck Pagano over there, Tyler? 
I like it. I I I like the interviews they're doing here. It tells me that they're they're trying to get back on the, on the on the horse there. Jim Caldwell wasn't a bad coach in Detroit. No, and 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 but with Caldwell, Caldwell's not the uh, hard nosed coach. No, um, Pagano is. So I think uh, Pagano might uh, mm, ruffle feathers with Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> he so might. I think Caldwell the, is the better option for given what they currently have. Here's the interesting thing about Chuck Pagano and and. He he's hard nosed, but you know the team when he when he was with Indianapolis, we remember Chuck Pagano um, having cancer. We remember that yeah, he got a raw deal because Arians came in and, and the team exploded. Right. So when, when Pagano came back, I think he kind of lost some faith in the team because well, I don't think that I, I the team was behind him. They rallied behind him. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, Chuck Strong, remember that? You know, we got to be Chuck Strong. I, I remember that stuff. And, and but the team really knew how how to rally around their coach. They liked him enough to to. And it wasn't just like a charity type of feel. It was it was really like we're doing this for our boy. You know, Chuck Pagano's our guy. Um, I think he he's a player's coach. I think he can get me. It's a guy. You know, he's hard nosed, but the players respect him and they care about him. And and I think that's a, a really special thing. Honestly, I, I believe the better coach is Caldwell, but I, I think that Chuck Pagano, I mean, he could be a guy. He, he, he could be the guy over there. He's a, he's I, a good coach. I just coach. stand by. I think Rodgers feels like he owns that team. I feel like him and Pagano could butt heads. Yeah, it could happen. And, and Jim Caldwell, Caldwell is also, he's also a player's coach, but the interesting thing about Jim Caldwell is he's so quiet. Jim, Jim Caldwell is not a loud guy. He's not a oh exactly. He's not a Dennis Green type of, of guy. You know what I mean? He's he's very reserved, very mellow. Um, he won't ruffle the feathers of Aaron Rodgers. You are right about that. Um, it's going to be a weird dynamic there. He just went he went nine and seven with Detroit. A couple of nine and seven seasons. People didn't give him enough credit. He gets ousted. Matt Patricia comes in, does a crappy job in Detroit. I think Jim Caldwell's a good coach. I think Jim Caldwell came into uh, when he was was with Indianapolis. I think he came into a couple of ready-made teams. Am I wrong? Oh no, came, came into ready-made, re- ready-made Peyton Manning. You know, so I mean, he kind of he he was a, a decent babysitter for a little while there. But realistically, is this going to be any different with a guy like Aaron Rodgers hanging around? I mean, Aaron Rodgers versus Peyton Manning, two of the greatest of all time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not in in necessarily a bad situation. He's going to have to fix that defense. But what did they not have in Indianapolis for all those years that Jim Caldwell was there? They didn't have a defense. Nope. And they come to the same situation. Yep. So this is nothing new for Jim Caldwell. Great quarterback. They're going to have to put it together. I think Jim Caldwell can. This could be a good shot for him uh, if they do bring him on board. Um, kind of an exciting thing. More head coaching nonsense. And you know what? Gets gets a job. As, as a head coach in the NFL, it's not going to happen because he's a nutcase. Who's you know who Mike Leach is? Yes. I hope Mike Leach is Leach uh, a job. Oh, God. <laughs> Just watching his videos is, is um, nothing short of, of incredible. Oh, Jesus. Oh, let's go, let's wow. go to the NFL. You know the NFL. Exactly. The cream of the crop. Let's see how they do their uh, championship. Oh, would you look at that? They right. do a playoff. <laughs> he's out of his mind. <laughs> um, Matt Patricia, speaking of which, we were, we were just talking about him. Um, so a report came out from an undisclosed player that Matt Patricia likes to show up to meetings late, that he has a tardiness issue. Um, and he says that the team doesn't respect Matt Patricia 
that Matt Patricia has no idea what he's doing, that he's just an awful head coach, he's not a good leader, whatever the case may be. What do you make of what's going on with Matt Patricia right now? If this is true, um, you you, you got to lead by example. Teams and players, they will see how you act and, and stuff, and, and they'll they'll respond accordingly. If if these reports are true, I can I can see why this Lions team that we thought had a chance of being fairly good this year is doing what they're doing because the the team's in is, is in distant regs or head coach don't give a shit. I don't believe in Matt Patricia if I'm a Lions fan right now. And and so he's taken us kind of on a roller coaster ride. Because we got Matt Patricia, we knew the team was was pissed off at him because he was making him run wind sprints in the the super hot weather in the summertime during training camp, right? <clears throat> and then we we got to hear all about Matt Patricia. Um, we we got to watch him on the sidelines in Week One after they got trounced by the Jets, and we got to see Matt Patricia standing on the sidelines. And you saw him; he was on like an island, like nobody was around him. He was just standing there on his own, you know, and, and nobody would talk to him. He actually shooed a few players away, like don't don't talk to me right now, you know. I mean, you're getting blown out by the Jets. They're trying to tell you something about what they're seeing, and you're shooing your players away. So, but then, a few weeks later, Matt Patricia is is mingling with the players and talking to the players and high fiving the players on the sidelines. Were they winning? And they were winning, and everything's going well. And then a couple weeks later, we see him, you know, get in front of the the news media. And part of me thinks that a little bit of this is is this news media thing where they're just trying to bury him because of what he said to the one reporter about sit up and show some respect for the process and this and that. And he's like questioning the guy's posture. Um, I mean, guy's out of his mind a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> not, not quite Mike Leach, but, uh, no, no. But um, I, I think Patricia's got a lot, like has a lot to learn about being a head coach in this league. It's a lot different than being a coordinator. He has a lot to learn. I think he's got a lot to, um, I think he's got a lot to make up for. He's got to show a little bit more of, of head coaching, I guess, maturity, um, that we, we just haven't seen, uh, from him a whole lot this year. Uh, I, I mean, I, Matt Patricia, inter- interesting fella. It, he says he doesn't believe his job's in jeopardy. I don't think it is at this point. No, he's not going to be a one and done. He's going to get another no. year to uh, see if he can uh, grow as a head coach in the twenty nineteen. Yeah, he'll get he'll get more time. I, I just now if this just, repeats next year, I think we'll be talking a different story. Well, yeah, we'll be talking a little bit about it. Um, but right now, Matt Patricia, just a confusing, confusing man. Um, one guy that's not confused at all, Pete Carroll, he gets extended through uh, 2021 with the Seahawks. Uh, we're going to have to get more gum, basically, <laughs> is what it comes down to. This, this I, I agree with this 100%. Um, beginning of the year, me and you both, plus thousands of others, had the Seahawks being a dumpster fire this year. Yep. And here they are. Um, clinched for the playoffs. Car- <laughs> clinched for the playoffs. Pete Carroll has rallied this team together mm-hmm. and, and has got something going here. I, I, I think this is the right move, getting Carroll in for the long haul. To me, Carroll's a great head coach. Is is he the best head coach the Seahawks have ever, has ever seen? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm kind of agreeing with you. I, I think Pete Carroll's a hell of a head coach. He was great in college. He's, he's great here. I, I like Pete Carroll a lot, even though, um, uh, you know, we've, we've he, he's a humble guy. A lot of humility there. And and as much as you don't want to like that, like I hated the Seahawks after uh, the big Blair Walsh botched missed field goal a few years back. It was the Seahawks' fault. It wasn't the Seahawks. It was more Blair Walsh's fault. But I still hated the Seahawks because of it. But then here, and I and I especially hated Richard Sherman. But one guy I couldn't hate on that that Legion of Boom team was Pete Carroll. I, I've always respected Pete Carroll. I think he's a hell of a head coach. 
he, he's just um, very calm and collected. He doesn't do a lot of yelling and screaming. He's not out of line. He's, he's a great, great head coach. He's going to be a great head coach for that team in a long, for a long, long time. Um, another guy sticking around, your boy, John Harbaugh. Sticking around with the Ravens, uh, you were absolutely 110% right. You don't hear that often, do you, Tyler? Yeah, you don't. Uh, <laughs> you, don't you don't ever say you're wrong. Yeah, no, uh, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, John Harbaugh getting an extension with the the Ravens. Um, Harbaugh, you know, I I think you were right. I think they're looking at him like, well, you know, we got this this new quarterback here, and uh, maybe we should give the guy a chance give, and give I, him a full year to see what he can do with the with the with the with the rookie quarterback. Right, because the, the this whole second half of the season has been so. Um, crazy. It's like you can't put it. You can't even if they miss the plays. You can't. You can't put it on on John because there's just so much going on. Yep. And, Give him a full year. And he's he's done a great job uh, keeping keeping his team uh, alive here. Um, I I can't even blame John John Harbaugh. He he went and he did what was best for his team at the particular time. He's playing the hot hand uh, right now when it comes to Lamar. What is technically the or hot legs at this point? Really? Yeah. I mean, uh, he's he's got the guy out there that that is getting the victories. And I think that's what matters. Um, and and you know his W's in the in the column is, is you know numbers in the win column there. So I mean he's he's putting it up and he's got him in a playoff contention. Um, so I mean he's going to get the extension. Um, <clears throat> Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle says I know nobody wants to see us in the playoffs. I defensively, I don't think anybody wants the Ravens in the playoffs because they, they are disrupting offenses. Yeah, from a defensive standpoint, I'm going, man, this Ravens defense is, is incredible. Um, if I, I'm going to I'm gonna go, go as far as saying this. If the Ravens defense do exactly – if they re- replicated their performance they did because the Chargers from here on out, they will win the Super Bowl. They will. But, but uh, as we all know, you, you, that type of performance is not replicatable – Week no. in, week out. <laughs> no, no, that, that is was, that. What they did on Saturday was more than just number one defense. That was um best defensive in history type performance there. Yeah. Stopping one, stopping a first ballot Hall of Famer from getting two hundred yards. Yes, um, powerful stuff. The the defense is is pretty incredible. Um, you and I were having a dispute about Eric Weddle, who's the best safety in the league, and you say Eric Weddle, I say it's Harrison Smith. Maybe we're just biased to our own teams, but I mean the fact of the matter is, is Eric Weddle is a damn good safety. He's damn good safety in this league, I, and and he's been that way for a long, long time since he was with the Chargers. So I mean, do I do I I agree with him? Nobody wants to see the Ravens. I don't think anybody wants to see that defense. I don't want to see that defense. Offensively, it's not the best. No. Um, but if they if offense can keep things, but the offense is doing just enough with the defense playing the way they are. Just you, enough. I mean, I mean. I'm can not going to use the word should, but they could have beaten the Saints. Can you can you call Lamar right now a, a clock manager at this point? A game manager? They, they are they are dominating um time of possession. Yeah. So yeah, that he's offense, a game manager. You you have you have a game manager and, and, a, and a legendary defense. Sometimes it's all you need. I it could be and and the do I think the Ravens could beat anybody in that AFC picture? Yes. I do I think if they run honestly I there's one team out there that I think if they run into they won't win. Saints? No. Eagles, Tom Brady and the Patriots. I think Patriots are human right now. I think they're human but Tom Brady, it's it's you know big game Tom here. I think Tom shows up and starts firing that ball all over the place. Tom Brady could be the guy. It very well could be. You know, he could be the guy. So, so things could get interesting when it comes to uh, Tommy Brady out there. But um, 
I think I think the Ravens running into him. That's always been the bane of their existence. And speaking of which, the Patriots did clinch their tenth straight AFC East championship, their title there. You, and one of the historically worst defenses in the last ten years as well. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, not defenses. Um, divisions. divisions. Yes, uh, awful, awful division. Um, we, we, I mean, the Jets have been. Well, you, you know, the Jets were were good for a second. They were good for a second, and they they fell apart um, with in the Rex Ryan era. There, uh, the Bills haven't been good in forever. Really, let's just face that fact. I um, the playoffs last year. <laughs> really, really, we're gonna go that route. They did though. Uh, the Bills really they backed their way in because yeah, the Ravens yeah. couldn't get the job done against the Bengals. Exactly. I, I don't buy the Buffalo Bills being a great team. They've been a historically middle of the road or less. Um, the Buffalo Bills, eh, questionable. Um, other teams in that division, however, uh, the Jets CEO, Christopher Johnson, has said, I don't care what anybody says, Todd Bowles is our head coach. He didn't say will be our head coach. He said, is our head coach. Currently. Currently. Until the season ends. <laughs> he said, he's our head coach. I think we know what he was getting at, though. Don't you? I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. He'll be the head coach moving forward. Uh, he's got a rookie quarterback. He's building with that rookie quarterback. Uh, I, but there is chatter that he won't be. There has been chatter, but I I think he's going to continue building with Sam Darnold. They have a good relationship developing. Uh, kind of an exciting thing for for the uh, the Jets. Bowles likes to have that that hard power run. Um, we we know that he runs a, a West Coast power run offense, and uh, that's that's what he's going to continue to to run. I think he's he's going to have to get himself a good running back over there, though. I think we can agree on that. Um, <clears throat> maybe uh maybe some Le'Veon, huh? Maybe maybe and that could get things very, they have very the interesting. Cap. They do have the cap space, so we could see some Le'Veon Bell over there. Um, and, uh, also in that division, Tom Brady says he will play in 2019. How does that make you feel on the inside, Tyler? I mean, I hate it, but it didn't surprise <laughs> me. I, 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 I think, uh, I could see, I could see next year being his last year. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, Tom Brady, he said he's going to play next year. I, I'm not a fan, but one guy he'll be without is Josh Gordon, who's been indefinitely suspended. <laughs> um, more drugs. More I, drugs. Well, he initially said, said he was stepping away, and then it came out that he's also getting suspended for. Yeah, he was. Um, he knew it was coming. And we were, we were just talking about this too. We were we were we were using him as a comparison for uh, um, Martavius Bryant. Yeah, but at this point, uh, Josh Gordon's career is over. As much as I believe that if he never got suspended and <clears throat> played all these seasons, he he had the chance to go down as the greatest receiver of all times when he was playing. He, he could have. He could have. He. He's thrown his career away. It's a shame. He's he's a very talented, very skilled football player. It's just, it's it's a, it's a damn shame. Yeah, all that over a little weed, really. No, Millions more than of, a little weed. Well, a lot of weed. Millions of dollars over weed, really. Let's just, I mean, let's face that. Like, if I was him, I I wouldn't be able to look at myself in the mirror. Millions of dollars over weed. He doesn't see it yet. I mean, given our ten years, he's gonna look back and be like, oh shit. What a and, and I'm gonna say like, is what a dumbass. What a dumbass! I, my gosh, millions of dollars. You have a skill pot. set that less than one percent of the world has, and and you let it go to waste. Makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. So Josh Gordon gone. Um, other guys that are gone right now. Uh, well, he's kind of gone. He's not gone from the league, but DJ Swearinger got did get released by the Redskins this week after remarks remarks criticizing their defensive coordinator. 
Um, Jay Gruden booting Swearinger out the door. Is this more Gruden craziness that we're seeing? <laughs> I mean, John Gruden. But Jay Gruden booted Swearinger. Oh, more Gruden. Is it? Is it's it just? Gr- yeah. It's a, is it, it? Does it just run in the bloodline here? I mean, in a way, is that kind of the Belichick way? Is it the Belichick way, or is it just some crazy Gruden crap? Because we we got to see the same thing in Tampa Bay when when John Gruden took over Tampa Bay. People started questioning him. Players started questioning him. He starts releasing guys that are that are opening their mouths. Here we go. DJ Swearinger goes out, opens his mouth. Jay Gruden lets him go. Is it like father, like son over there? Not is it- quite. Um, Jay Gruden, I think, is, a, is still has a young career. He's made some good decisions. I I, I think this is more of a uh, trying to get control of his own team. Yeah, it could very well be. Uh, Swearinger was just having the best year of his career, though. That's the problem. I I, I see I see your point. I, I do. He's having the best year of his career, and he's going out and dumping him, you know, because he, he said he called me a meanie. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, I'm watching he, him drink, he drink said, that. He said I'm not very good at calling a defense. Bleh, 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 bleh. Come on. What is this, the Mickey Mouse Club? Like, let's get real. I, I mean, I guess it, it, it could be a, a Gruden family it's a, trait. It's there. a Gruden thing. Um, not a fan. Swearinger, I mean, that guy's going to play anywhere. He can play anywhere. If you need a safety, if you, anybody's out there looking for a strong safety, that's your guy. Hey, I'll tell you what, Minnesota, go ahead and drop that piece of garbage, Andrew Sandeo. Go ahead and get us a good safety like, like DJ Swearinger. I'll be happy to have him any day. Yeah, then Swearinger would be the best safety on the team. Oh, no, no, no. Don't you <laughs> don't you even come close to saying some nonsense How like that. How about Swearinger going with like, the Packers? That would actually be a potential landing spot, especially... Or the underrated, no one's really looking at him, Saints defense has actually been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, the Saints They've been defense. one of the best defenses in the second half of the season. Yeah, and and I I'm over here kind of, uh, uh, you know I'm I'm I'd be excited about that actually going to the Saints even though I don't like the Saints I mean if I'm the Saints I would love to pick up DJ Swearinger, uh, he's having a great year though former number two overall pick I, I any team would be lucky to have him, um, the former Texan he he's a team captain over there in Washington so they they let go one of their team captains I mean it just doesn't doesn't make sense. It, it just doesn't uh, make sense at all. And and so people... he so he did get picked up though because he goes through waivers and he didn't clear because he, he ended up with the Arizona Cardinals. So he did get picked up. Yeah. So he hasn't cleared waivers yet. And he, he yeah, had... I think he, either he cleared waivers and they're the one, they, they're the ones that grab him. But because of who it is in Cardinal, because it goes by basically draft order. So it goes waiver. I saw I think the Cardinals just snatched him up during the waiver uh, it, process. It does. It does look like the Raiders and the Packers also submitted waiver claims on him. Um, Arizona had the top priority um, based on the record. Yeah, based on the record. Yeah, so he didn't clear waivers. That would mean that all thirty-two teams passed on him, which wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Is it smart? Smart by who? By teams picking him up in in waivers. Ah, just senseless, 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 senseless. Um. So DJ Swearinger, the newest Arizona Cardinal, uh, he—I don't know how long his contract is over there. And I'm gonna have to double See, check. I don't know how the contract works with the waivers. I mean, I mean forgive me on that, but I, I believe the contract carries over. Um, so if if he clears waivers, though, then it doesn't. Then it doesn't. Okay, so but I, but I think the contract carry. Yeah, the contract does carry over. Like he'll he's be on until 2020. <clears throat> 2020. So uh, he'll actually it's through two, 2019. So next year he's got one year after this, and the guy's cheap. Wow. Wow, look at that. He he won't be cheap after this year, though. 
Yeah, he said it's going to go up a bit. Yeah, um, probably more towards what the seven eight range. No, next well next year he's he's getting paid four. No, when four, it comes two, to resigning him, he'll probably yeah. be looking more like seven eight. Seven eight. Yeah, he's he's worth the money. Guy's only twenty seven years old. Be twenty eight next season. This is a good sign choice. him for a five. Sign him for a four year deal. Get him to thirty two, and then uh, and let him hit the road. Yeah, that's a smart move. Smart move by Arizona. Um, so Swearinger, I mean. Is this hypocritical of the Washington Redskins to to pull that type of nonsense and not let a guy speak his mind? I mean, I think it's going to hurt them for sure. I mean, this defense has been one of the best, one of the better in the league, yeah, one of the better defenses. I, I mean, I, I mean, if if you look at it now, they're they're probably going down because the offense can't stay off the off the field. Yeah. But up until up until that the injuries happened, they were top five in the league. Yeah, they were a great defense, and and I'm, I mean, Swearinger. Now they're down to fifteen. Now they're down to fifteen. They were in the top ten for a while. They were top ten. They at one point they were hitting top five. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point they were top five defense. So I mean, weird move. It's a Jay Gruden thing. It's a Gruden thing. I'm just going to say it's a Gruden <laughs> thing. Uh, that's just exactly what it was. Um, other things that are going on. Weird things. Uh, Bortles to start for the Jags on Sunday. Uh, how excited are you to see Blake Bortles back on the field? <laughs> it's starting to sound like Tampa. Yeah, yeah. I've... But Jacksonville doesn't have a liable backup at all. Jacksonville, yeah, they they they've been falling apart all year long. I, a team we were talking about being in the Super Bowl. Now they're just scrounging here. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand the point. I would play the worst possible players if I was the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. I would. Just keep, just keep tanking? Keep tanking. Take that draft pick. Maybe they know that Bortles will be the best way to tank. I, maybe. <laughs> maybe they're seeing something that we're not. Um, I, if, if But whoever's doing bad, that's who we want in there. Uh, I guess Bortles is the way to go there. Um, just a rough go for, for the Jags. Um, Christian McCaffrey, let's talk him a little bit. Christian McCaffrey does break the record for the most catches by a running back in a single season. Um, I'm not surprised. Are you definitely not? Surprised. I am not He's surprised. Been a stud all year. Not surprised. He is the um, other than Cam there. He's the heart and soul of the the Panthers offense. But he, I mean, really this year he has been the heart and soul of the Panthers offense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt, and he has been. Cam's been kind of floundering. Um, now let's talk Browns a little bit. We got to talk about this Browns coaching carousel here. We we do have. Um, so let's talk this head coach here. Do you believe the defensive coordinator? takes over as the head coach at the end of the year. He's made a good case for it. Yeah. He's won what? Um five or six games without Hugh Jackson Jackson there? Hugh Jackman? Hugh Jackman? Hugh no. Jackman. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Jackson. There? Uh yeah, he's he's been winning. Uh Greg Williams is he, uh, great great defensive coordinator. Um they, they've had a good defense for uh, uh what seem uh, that here's the thing. They, their stats say they're low, but realistically they've been producing turnovers and doing a good job and keeping them in football games. Um, does, At the end of the day, they're winning games. They're winning games. Does Greg Williams take over the head coaching job? I think he does. I think he's going to wind up being the man. Like I, I, Stats, sure, but at the end of the day, what, what, what we care about wins. Yeah. I mean, that's like saying that the team has the best stats in the game should move on. Yep. But um, the other the other interesting thing is that Freddie Kitchens, the the uh, offensive coordinator, is now saying he wants to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. So what, what exactly goes on there? You got Freddie Kitchens and you got Greg Williams fighting for the head coaching. Kitchens makes here. a good case. 
And and here we are. We got Freddie Kitchens and 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 Greg Williams. Now, if one of them gets a head coaching job, does the other one get pissed off at the other? Do they? I mean, is, is there a conflict of interest there? I mean, there's there's so much, so many issues going on here. Um, when it comes to this, John Dorsey has not said anything at all about who they want their their next head coach to be. They've said nothing. I think they're going to wait and get through the season before they say anything. Yeah, and and they're showing interest in in Adam Gase right now as a head coach. Oh, I'd rather go internal. I, I think they should go internal. I agree with you, but but they are they are talking about. Um, uh, the only one I'd go external for would be Chuck Pagano. Really, you think you think Pagano would go over? I, there? I think I think the Browns could use a hard nosed style coach. Yeah, they're also talking Josh McDaniels. Come on, he just he just uh, um who did he just uh bail on? Was it Colts? No, no, no. The Patriots offensive coordinator. Well, he yeah he bailed on him, I guess, at the last minute. Yeah, but they're saying Josh McDaniels. McDaniels is shots out in the foot. He'll he will not get another interview for a coaching job for three years. Yeah, for three years. That's that's a pretty precise number there, Tyler. They had they had, they had a coordinator to sign on for their teams. They thought they were going to be playing under him. They couldn't back out. They had already moved their family. And yep. Daniels caused a lot of drama. Yep. And then they're also talking about uh, Oklahoma. The Oklahoma Sooners head coach Lincoln Riley. Um, when's the last term we time we heard that name? I mean, we Lincoln Riley, Mike Leach, Mike Leach. No, <laughs> no, Tyler. No. Well, I, I don't. I don't want the Browns to be good. <sighs> no, I, I want the Browns to be good. I like the Cleveland Browns. No. Yep. I mean, they're going to be, but I mean, yeah, that's that's just ruffling the feathers of my of my boys. <laughs> We're also hearing Matt Campbell of the Ohio State, or I'm sorry, the Campbell. Iowa State. Campbell, Campbell, Campbell. I mean, either way, um, from Ohio or Iowa State, rather. We we keep we keep hearing his name getting thrown around. So they they have their options. They 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 do have their options there in Cleveland. Um, just weird, weird, weird. Coaches and it's a weird situation with Freddie Kitchens there because you know Greg Williams was just looking like a shoe in for that head coaching position and now we're talking about Freddie Kitchens. Did did you, did you see uh, Baker Mayfield trotting on the sidelines, uh, staring down, staring down Hugh Jackson? Yeah, um, I, I I don't blame him. Uh, him and him and Hugh didn't get along very well. Um, and I personally, I to be honest with you, I and I we I think Hugh Jackson's an idiot. To be honest with you, I think he has no business being a head coach in the NFL. He's been a failure everywhere he's gone as a head coach. Uh, I don't know why the Browns picked him up. I think Hugh Jackson is a terrible head coach. He should never be a head coach in this league ever again. And in every interview I see with the guy, he's a moron. The guy is a moron. He should not be coaching NFL teams. So does that make the Bengals more of idiots if they think that he's going to be the predecessor to Marvin, Marvin Lewis? Well, I don't think that they, you know, a lot of people are, are bringing this up and saying it, but nothing's been confirmed. And that's that's the weird thing about it. He's a special assistant to the head coach. Yeah, special assistant to the head coach. Mm. Now, let's face facts. Hugh Jackson, great defensive coordinator. Absolutely. Great defense great defensive coordinator, horrible head coach. He, he, he was a... a um, Miserable head coach in Cleveland. He was a miserable head coach in in Oakland. Um, as a defensive coordinator, he's very good. I like I like. Uh, I'm sorry, he's an offensive coordinator rather. Um, good offensive coordinator, but some guys make better coordinators than they do head coaches. Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan makes great defensive coordinator. Um, you know, as uh, uh, Mike Singletary, horrible head coach, great linebacker coach. 
Yep. You know, and, and some guys make better coordinators than they do coaches. Hugh Jackson is a coordinator. That's what he is. That's what he'll always be. That's what he should be. He should just accept that as a profession. Be a coordinator. Be an offensive coordinator. Be a defensive coordinator. Be a coordinator. Quit trying to be a head coach. You're not a head coach. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> Your team doesn't rally around you. I don't understand. I don't understand why people think that, that Hugh Jackson is a good head coach. just makes no sense. So, But uh, anyway, Tyler, with that, we're going to um, take ourselves a quick break. Ooh, we're gonna more come- alcohol. Yeah, more alcohol. We're going to come back uh, to your next segment here. Uh, our, our favorite segment. Your, your favorite segment. It's yours, too. Nah, it's yours. Um, we're going to come back for your favorite segment. Uh, we're going to get a quick word from our sponsors. We'll be back right here on the Outside Blitz. Oh, yeah. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Ooh. Wow, we're still doing this. We're yes. still doing this. Still booing you. And I'm here with him. <laughs> him. Just am, him. <laughs> he who not, must not be named. <laughs> the uh, fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, is... Uh, I'm, I'm here with the very crunchy Tyler Dean. Not yet, but I will oh, be. Oh, gosh. The... I don't understand. You're the one person in the entire world that that like decides at the worst possible time to eat chips with a microphone in your face. <laughs> You've done it too. See, I move my head away. That's the thing. I do too. No, you don't. You just sat there with your face in the microphone. That's because I knew you could hear everyone on the air. No, oh, sounds like like nails getting thrown into a wood chipper. Mm, I, I disagree. <laughs> I envisioned it in my head. You really had to think of like marbles in a blender. (laughs) That's more our friend Josh snoring, isn't it? Josh, we miss you. Um, So here we are, Tyler. We just got done week 16. We're talking uh, your favorite segment. But uh, first, we have uh, some kind of breaking news here, in a way. Yeah, we got... uh, So the Dolphins are prepared to move forward without Ryan Tannehill. Just reported. What do you think, Tyler? Um, They're not going to get a great draft pick. I mean, so if you're walking away from them, you better have a good option to return because Tannehill's not a bad quarterback, per se. Now, from a hypothetical, you go into the draft. They're not going to have a great draft pick. You are right. They are going to have a 
middle of the road kind of draft pick. We're talking anywhere. I, I think we're talking anywhere from fourteen to twenty at this point. Correct? Yes, because they're they're like right in the out, outskirts of the playoff. So yeah, if they're on the outskirts of the playoffs, so they're going to have anywhere from fourteen to twenty. I mean, they just, they've been eliminated from the playoffs. We know we know that the Eagles are going to probably have a, a higher draft pick to him. We know that the Vikings are going to have a draft pick higher than that. I think they're looking at fourteen to sixteen. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in that in that range there. But so they're they're going to have a decent draft pick here, and and you know when we're talking about uh, um, quarterbacks in the the um, in the draft here, you know there there are a few going in the first round. We're talking Justin Herbert, who we know is going top ten. Let's just face that fact. Yeah. We, we know Justin Herbert's going top ten. Uh, he he's going to go to the Giants or or somebody similar. You know he's going to go somewhere. Uh, that needs a quarterback, but they they do have guys like uh, Greer available. They do have Drew Locke available. Uh, th- there's a number of quarterbacks out there that are are pro ready that are going to be going in the first round. So so they're going to have a shot at at one of them. Um, do they want to waste the draft pick or use a draft pick going after one of them? I guess is the question of the day. Um, and and Here's that's going to make things interesting. Day. Is Tannehill a problem, or they need to give him more pieces? I you know I I don't think Tannehill's the problem. I think Tannehill has no offensive line. I think Tannehill... Uh, uh, they got rid of their number one receiver. Yeah. I, I think they need a, a better running back than the ghost of Frank Gore. Um, I, I think Kenyon Drake needed to step up, and he hasn't. He's even gotten benched even after Gore went out. He's still not the main guy. Right. They, they don't have a, good, a viable tight end over there. Um, I, I just I don't think they have enough pieces for Ryan Tannehill. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it, I mean, at least Marino had Mark Duper. You know, yeah, at, at the very least, but but I'm over here looking at this Miami Dolphins team. Ryan Tannehill is, I mean, the defense is they have some decent players. Um, they have guys like Minka Fitzpatrick out there on the field who's been doing a great job, and he's been filling in. For, technically, he's a backup, and he's been filling in well. He wasn't a starter, but you know they got to get some more consistent play, and they've got to get some guys there, some pieces around Ryan Tannehill to make him successful. All rumors are saying that the Dolphins are ready to move past him. If they do move past Ryan Tannehill, they have they have, do have shots in the draft. But I feel like you know you you've officially at this point. Let's say you move you move past Tannehill. Do you say that the Dolphins are officially rebuilding at that point? It depends on if they if they were to trade up in the draft or say go for a Joe Flacco. They don't need to trade up. You got guys like Drew Locke and Will Greer available. If they were, to, if they were to go for like a Flacco or, or a rookie quarterback, I would say they're not looking to rebuild. They're looking to uh, keep themselves consistent and, and help re- help. I wouldn't. I, I'll say rebuild, but revamp that offense. I, I mean, I guess. I see when you when and we've said this before. Um, uh, when you draft a. a when you when you draft a, a quarterback in the first round, you expect him to be, you know, uh, uh, a day one starter, correct? Nowadays, yes. Yes, and there, I think there's a lot of guys that are going to be day one starters moving into the draft this year. I mean, you you know that we I we know that Justin Herbert's not going to fall that far. We we know that if if Justin Herbert falls that far, I mean, I'll eat my hat. I mean, and and you can go ahead and quote me on that. But Justin Herbert's not going to fall that far. You know what I'm saying? You you have you know a, a lot of uh, good talented players out there, and I'm not going to sit here. I mean, looking at at some of the names that are are preparing to go first round, 
Will Greer from West Virginia. Um, he, he was a Heisman hopeful. You, you got Ryan Finley from NC State. You got Dwayne Haskins, who who they're saying could be the most pro-ready, prolific quarterback in the, in this draft today. Um, he's ranked at number three in a lot. You got Drew Locke from Missouri. We've already talked about him. Justin Herbert from Oregon. We know he's going top ten. But Drew Locke is going to be available. Dwayne Haskins, he's going to be available. Ryan Finley is going to be available. Will Greer is going think, to be available. I don't, I don't think those top three quarterbacks will be there come 16. Why not? I think we'll all go in top 15. Well, here's the problem with, with the top 10 of the um, of this year. There's so many prolific defensive tackles and linebackers going in this draft that are going in the top 10. And that's the same problem you're seeing with uh, um, that's a problem you're seeing with 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 this year's draft and and that's the problem that you're seeing with like for example wide receivers. Wide receivers you got you got first round talent wide receivers falling to the second round because there's so many great um, uh, there's so many great defensive players that are on the board, guys like Greedy Williams, guys like Ed Oliver. You just had uh, uh, Devin Bush say that he's going to come out and he's going to play. Um, y- you have these these name players coming out into the draft. You have Montez Sweat, who's so going to be going first round. You guys kind of pulled up in their kind of rough spots. I I think uh, your boy Herbert might go to Detroit. I think uh, Drew Locke might go to Tampa. I think uh, Giants will take the third one. I think the Giants are going to wind up looking for a quarterback, and I think they're going to take one. But I don't think Detroit is going after a quarterback right now. They're talking they're, about trading Stafford. They're not. They're not talking about trading Stafford. Sheer rumor from an NFL general manager. They're going to be stupid to trade Matt Stafford, and here's why I say that. Do you really think that the Detroit Lions are going to trade him and take a fifty million dollar cap hit for a year? Absolutely not. No, I, I, I'm with you. They're not going to take a $50 million cap hit. I'm sorry, that's not happening. They're going to pay the man, they're going to have him play, and that's going to be that. Now, if next season they want to dump the guy, great. They'll take a 7.5 cap But why hit. not take, if Herbert's there and you know you're going to trade him after the season, why not pull a Ravens? I wouldn't take a $50 million cap hit, though. That's but too much. You, you play through this year and trade him next season. Yeah, play him through this year, trade him have, next season. And have Herbert sit behind him for a year. I wouldn't have Herbert sit behind him for a year. You draft a guy like Justin Herbert, you know, we, we always say the best time to win a Super Bowl is with a, a quarterback sitting on his rookie deal. Detroit has too many needs on this team outside of a quarterback situation. That Matt Stafford, can we face the fact that even though Matt Stafford is not an elite quarterback, he's not elite, am I right? Right. Not by a long shot. But Matt Stafford is what? He is serviceable. Can we say he's serviceable? I think we can agree on that. I think you start him this se- next season, and, and you you draft Herbert. You have him sitting, and if, if you need to, if you need to bench Stafford, you do it. You can't, and here's why. Number one, the Detroit Lions have glaring needs on their their defensive line now. You you're losing Ziggy Ansah. You lost him a majority of this year. We saw how how much good that did you, and now you're going to go out and and just walk into the season with no defensive end when you got defensive ends going in the top ten like crazy. You've got some of the most prolific defensive players in the in the history of the draft sitting in the top ten. Montez Sweat, you need a linebacker. You've got a need at middle linebacker. You've got a need at outside linebacker. You've got a need at defensive end. You've got a need at corner, and you've got a need at wide receiver, and you have a need at tight end. You've got six needs that you have to fill in this offseason. Unless they're going to do all their work in free agency, which they don't have the cap room to do, 
then they need to make a move in the draft. And if they're going to make a move for those six positions in the draft, that's what they're going to have to do. The Detroit Lions would be absolutely out of their, their minds to not take a guy like a Montez Sweat or an Ed Oliver or, or a, a Bush or, or somebody that's going to do something for them. Greedy Williams is going to be out there. They need a corner. The, Detroit's going to take a defensive player. They have to take a defensive player, and I don't think that they're not completely sold, or I don't think that they're they're done with the Stafford train. As much as people are calling for Matt Stafford's head, Matt Stafford isn't the biggest problem on this team, and I think we need to face that fact. But I, and I agree with you on that, but, but the rumors are there. The rumors are there from one general manager who's just being a loudmouth. Now, at the end of the day, looking at, at the draft order, you got Arizona right now. They're not taking a quarterback. They got Josh Rosen. San Francisco, they're not taking a quarterback. They're still on the Garoppolo train. The Jets aren't taking a quarterback. They just got done with uh, um, picking uh, Sam Darnold there. Oakland's not going with a quarterback. They got done saying uh, uh, Derek Carr's our guy. Now, we'll see what happens. John Gruden is a crazy person. Uh, I don't think Detroit goes after one. I think Detroit has has way too much um, riding on Matt Stafford for one more year. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it next year, and they're going to focus on the draft next year. Tampa Bay, it could very well be likely that they go out, but they did extend Jameis Winston for one more year, so there's a, it begs the question if they're actually going to go after a quarterback. The Buffalo Bills, they just went and picked up Josh Allen. The New York Giants, I think that's where your first quarterback goes. New York Giants, I think Justin Herbert is going to be their guy. Jacksonville could be a team that takes him, uh, that takes a guy like a Drew Locke or a Will Greer. You know, that is... A possibility. Atlanta has Matt Ryan. Cam Newton is at Carolina. Denver and Cincy could also take quarterbacks. I don't think they will. Cincinnati still has uh, uh, Andy Dalton under a big contract. Denver could. It, it is a possibility. But there are still five quarterbacks that are sitting on that board that uh, by the time Not that about, happens. Well, Washington, okay, Washington's under. Never mind. Yeah, Green Bay, they have Aaron Rodgers. Miami is sitting at the number 15 spot. I, I One of those quarterbacks is going to fall them. They're, if they're going to draft a quarterback, they're going to draft a Greer. They're going to draft a Locke. They're going to draft a Herbert. They're going to draft somebody that is is worth something in that first round, and they're going to fall to them because there are so many teams that need defensive players. You have to look at the team need, and I, maybe it's just me. I hate this best available crap. I'm a big guy that's about team need, team need, team need. What do you need most? I, I'm going to say that there will be three. The, the top three quarterbacks will not be there when Miami's ready to go. I think That's they will. I think they will. And and you're going to see this this go on. Miami's got got a lot of lot of. And, and next week, I'm going to plot out. You know, after after week 17, where where we are in those top 15s that picks in the draft, or or uh, it'll it'll be top uh, 18 in the draft. And we're going to go through it. I want to talk about where we're at here because, to be honest with you, I I think we're going to have. A lot different outlook on this, and we're going to see a lot more shifting here. You could actually see Detroit winding up in the number two spot if the cards fall the way that they fall. Um, and that, you know, is Arizona, San Francisco, New York Giants winning, Oakland winning, um, and Detroit losing. You could see them shift up to number two. Um, so things get a little stupid here. Detroit could wind up in the number two spot. Um so I'm I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna I'm gonna create just for you, Tyler. I will create a mock draft by next week for the for the top uh, 18 picks. Are you excited? Big smile. Sure. You should be. <laughs> well, it'll it'll technically be the top 17 because well no it'll be the top 20. 
top 20. Yeah. Do you think we only got three? It'll be top 20. So top 20 picks in the NFL um, for the draft. I, I will go through and I will create that. But in this case, I, I do think you're, you're looking at a quarterback situation for the Miami Dolphins. They're going to draft a quarterback if they move on from Ryan Tannehill. And I think this oh, is... Oh, no, I, I agree they're going to draft a quarterback. I just don't think it's going to be a top three available quarterback. Well, it depends on who your top three available are. I mean, I, I, I've been hearing about the top three notoriously have been Herbert, Locke, Greer. Those have notoriously been the top three. The one that's been kind of flying under the radar um, is, well, one is Dwayne Haskins, but he got he got real big the, the, recently because of his performance against Michigan in the, the uh, Big Ten Championship, but uh, Ryan Finley from NC State has been flying under the radar. Um, he, he's actually a, a good player. Um, I, I think he's a first-round pick all around. I've watched tape on the guy. I've I've actually uh, checked out his numbers. He's he's very good. He's very very good. He's a pro ready guy. Um, Ryan Finley is a guy that's running under the radar. You could see Ryan Finley as a Miami Dolphin come April. So this could be a, a fun time. So I like I said, Ryan Finley. I mean personally, I think he's a, he's a top three quarterback, maybe a top four. I, I think he's better than Haskins. I don't know why everybody's talking about Dwayne Haskins being a top three. I'm tired of hearing that. I agree. I, I don't think he's he overrated is. a bit. Oh yeah, he had one good game against Michigan. Everybody's calling him top three quarterback. I don't. I don't understand it. But I think you could see the Dolphins land a guy like Ryan Finley. I think you could see them land a guy like Greer. I think you could see them land a Drew Lock. I, I don't think that any of that is out of the realm of possibility. A lot of people are saying Drew Lock is going to fall a little bit. I mean, you could see that. The defensive players in this draft are better than most of the players in the draft as far as value goes and as far as team need goes. That's the that's what we're seeing. And you're not going to see it just like last year. You're not going to see a lot of offensive linemen get drafted in the first round. Last year we saw what, Quentin Nelson? That was it? I think so, yeah. Oh, no, we, we did get to see um, – A couple uh, late in the first round. Yeah, McGlinchey went. We got to see Mike McGlinchey went. So, I mean, we got to see a few. But Miami moving on. They're going to get a good a good quarterback in this draft if they do move on from uh, Ryan Tannehill. Now uh, we got to talk uh, real quick. I want to talk about these um, playoff clinching games. We got a few coming up, Tyler. Now playoff picture, just from a hypothetical playoff picture. You are looking at right now the number one seed in the NFC is the New Orleans Saints. They get the automatic buy, correct? Yes. Now. Um, Number two, as it stands right now, is the L.A. Rams. They are fighting for a first-round buy. Um, we, we've got they're right. They're fighting for a first-round buy. Um, they're going to fighting for the number two seed. The Bears are at number three. They're they're biting at the heels there. The Rams, they on paper they have an easy game against the Niners, but the Niners have been just weirdly on and off. Um, number four, you got the Cowboys. They're the number four seed right now. They they won their division. Seahawks clinched this past week with the number five seed. And last but not least, you got the Vikings in the number six seed as it stands now. Now the Vikings have to beat the Bears to get into the playoffs. The Philadelphia Eagles nipping at their heels. If the Eagles beat the Redskins and the Vikings lose, the Eagles are in. And I think the likelihood that we're going to see the Eagles in the playoffs is pretty high. We could see the Vikings ousted this week. Do you agree? 
Vikings definitely got a tough matchup. I, I can see it. I can see it. It's not an ideal matchup for the Vikings. No, it's not. And and uh, it's definitely not ideal um, for any team right now. And I was saying earlier, I'm going to say it now, no team is safe. The Philadelphia Eagles make the playoffs. I think any team in that NFC is uh, in deep trouble if the Philadelphia Eagles make the playoffs this year uh, with Nick Foles being as hot as he is. The Eagles are doing the same stuff they did last year. They're making their way in the playoffs. The the underdog kings we're seeing, they're going to be running around with those stupid dog masks on, well, and I hate it. I'm sorry. They were not the underdog kings. They were the number one seed last year. Everybody was calling them the underdogs. and the reason Just because the, the, the backup the came in? The backup came in. Yep, everybody was calling them the underdogs. And, and, you know, they were the number one seed last year with Wentz. Foles came trotting on the field. Oh, they're the underdogs now. And they were running around acting like the underdogs with those stupid dog masks on. That's what they were doing all year. So, um, frankly, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say no team wants to run in the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I don't believe that there's any team hotter in the NFL right now. I don't think there is. Chiefs were hot at the beginning of the year. I think the only team that, that, that touches them right now is the Indianapolis Colts. I'd agree with that. Yeah, the Colts are, are red hot. I don't think anybody's better. I, I think the Saints are, are, have been doing well. Are the Saints hotter? Uh, debatable. And that's my Tony Romo noise of the day. <laughs> so, debatable. is it Tyler, in the AFC, Chiefs have the number one spot. Patriots have reached back up to the second seed and moved back into the second seed. As it stands right now, they have a second round bye with the Texans losing. Texans have clinched. Colts are right on the cusp. Um, Chargers are the five seed. Ravens are the fourth seed. Now, it gets interesting because... You got the Steelers sitting on the outskirts, right? Right. And you got the Titans sitting on the outskirts. Titans are tied with the Colts. It's winning in for this matchup between the Colts and the Titans this week. The winner goes to the playoffs. Loser goes home. Now, if, say from a hypothetical, uh, your Ravens lose and the Steelers win. Steelers are the four seed. Steelers are the four seed. Steelers win the division. And they make the playoffs. Result. And the Ravens, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Colts, the Texans, and the Titans can all get a bye. All of them. All of them are capable. It's, how does that make you feel on the yeah. inside? It shows how tight this AFC race truly is. It is. It is. It's an exciting exciting conference right now. The whole conference is, is exciting. The only team that's, that's really safe from anything is the Chiefs. There's a game and a half that separates the Steelers. No, two and a half games that separate the Steelers and the Chiefs. Yep, and the only the only game, really, I want to I want to point this out because it, it gets interesting here. If the Chiefs lose and the Texans win, the Texans could wind up tied for that first seed. Yes, tied for the first seed. Now, if the Patriots win, they are also, and the Chiefs lose, they are also tied for the number one seed. You could have a three-way tie, really, for the number one seed in the AFC. You could by the end of this week with the Chargers technically being a four-way tie, but they're screwed because of the division yeah. tackle. Yep, yep, yep. So I mean, it's it's become a wild one there. The the NFC is basically locked down. You you've got one game, two games that are going to decide everything. 
Um, the only th other thing that gets decided is the Rams and the Bears. We discussed this earlier. The Rams could could lose their first round bye if the Bears win and the Rams lose. But I believe that because the Bears do own the tiebreaker with the Rams. So if the Bears win and the Rams lose, the Bears take the, the tiebreaker. The Rams, they have a relatively easy game this week, however. So it, 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 it that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun seeing a few shifts. You're not going to see a lot, but we're going to lock this thing down this week. And then uh, I'll be talking about the the uh, draft picture. We're going to be talking about the, the playoff picture here a lot more and uh, talking about who's taking on who, uh, moving into the divisional round. Um, but while we're talking playoffs, i got a little surprise for you. Playoffs? Playoffs. Yeah. That's a surprise for you. Oh, boy. Since we're talking playoffs, we're going to do this, and this is not my usual segment because I'm still doing that. Oh, jeez. But I'm going to do what I'm going to call Tyler's Top 15. No Scots, forgotten five. Excuse me? You still get your forget five later, but I'm, no, I'm throwing, no Scots forgetting five. I'm jumping in and taking a, 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 a bonus top fifteen here for the playoffs. Since we're talking playoffs. What a playoffs! Playoffs! What a, what a jerk! He's taking a bonus fifteen. Fifteen so what? We got fifteen teams in contention. Yeah, I, I got them ranked from one to fifteen based on uh, making noise. Oh boy. And it's going to talk, kind of talk about where, where they're at and how, and how much noise we, we we think they can make in the playoffs. 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 That's my favorite thing. Uh, number 15, the Titans. Um, Mariota's hurt. I yep. think that, that's going to be a big wrench in them. If they if they do beat the Colts, they're in the playoffs. But I think uh, Mariota's injury could uh, really uh, wrench them. It, it depends on, on whether or not he plays this week and, and how well that injury is. I'm not sure Mariota's best is going to be able to beat the Red Hot Colts right now. Colts are red hot. Um... But we got to remember, Andrew Luck doesn't have Eric Ebron. Yeah, uh, Titans still have a chance. Uh, I've seen that Titan magic before. We we've seen it in the past. Uh, we we got to see that though with that miracle in Memphis or whatever with with Buffalo. I I mean, we've seen some some magic happen in Tennessee. We could see it again. I, I'm kind of with you here. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot, but Mariota, you know, Mariota is um, he's the key cog here. If he's depending on how healthy he is, Mariota is is the the big factor. Number fourteen, Cowboys. Really, I think they, they definitely could make some noise, but I don't. I don't think they're the uh, the close to the juggernaut team here on the NFC side. I think they could be looking at another one and done. You think they're they're going out in the divisional round? <clears throat> I think they lose no matter who they face between the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Seahawks. You know, it's looking like they're going to wind up taking on the Seahawks, and um, if they do take on the Seahawks in this situation. Um, I think the Seahawks have their number, and I think the Seahawks just tear into them. Um, but if they do wind up taking on the Vikings, I think they beat the Vikings, but I think they lose to the Eagles. So I think the only shot they really have is against Minnesota, and it really depends on which Minnesota team decides to show up. If if the Minnesota defense shows up, that's great. If not, uh, so th there's questions there. I think they lose to two out of the three, though. Okay, that's fair. So... So you're kind of agreeing with me that they, that they're that they're making noise isn't isn't high. It's not too high. I, if I had to give it a decibel rating, I'd give it like a four. Okay. <laughs> Number thirteen, your Vikings. Yeah. Only because at their best, I have them higher, but they're not playing consistent enough ball where I could really see them making a a, a deep run this year. The, they're sketchy. The Vikings haven't been playing their best, and there's there's significant problems on this team that I've been yelling about all season long on the show. The, when I'm texting you, when I'm talking to my my old lady, you know, there, there's so many problems, and and it's not the Vikings don't have problems as far as weaponry goes. 
You have Thielen, you have Rudolph, you have Diggs, you got Delvin Cook, you got Latavius Murray. They have weapons. The, the biggest problem comes with the fundamentals of, of the game. Things like offensive linemen. We, the, the offensive, they have one of the worst offensive lines in football. Absolutely. Period. I mean, that's just what it is. And, and they've recently discovered their running game with Kevin Stefanski, and that's good. And the defense has recently come alive, and, and especially in the second half of the season. They went from being a, a bottom-of-the-barrel defense to being a top-five defense. That's great. And they did a great job shutting down Detroit this last week. They, they did a, a great job just, just taking care of business against Miami, a team that I thought was just going to trounce them. But they didn't get the job done, and when it mattered against the Seahawks, they could have put this thing away by beating the Seahawks, and they didn't. They let the Seahawks run the ball all over them. It was just bad. Uh, a lot of this hinges on Kevin Stefanski, number one, and how well he, he makes play calls. And number two, it, it hinges on the Vikings' defense. The Vikings' defense is going to have to be stout all playoffs long and if they're going to beat the Bears that Vikings defense is going to have to come alive and do what they do best and do what they've been doing all for the whole second half of this season and that is stopping the run preventing points in the red zone holding teams to field goals really just shutting them down and and getting behind that line and sacking the quarterback like we've seen Daniel Hunter do all season long and that's kind of what we're seeing the Vikings if they make the playoffs could they make some noise they could it's possible. You could see another Minnesota miracle play. I think they have a they have a larger floor than a ceiling at the moment. Right now I agree with you. And and would I would I love to see them just get red hot and move their way into the playoffs? Yeah. Do I think it's gonna happen? I don't think they make the playoffs, and I think the Eagles wind up going all the way. But the the, the, the teams that get red hot and go all the way it doesn't start wildcard weekend. Typically, they're getting red hot week fifteen, week sixteen, week seventeen. And that's exactly why I'm I've been so agitated by the Philadelphia Eagles because this is when they got hot. Carson Wentz goes down, week 15, here comes Nick Foles, Superman outfit and all, and away we go. I keep saying it, and and everybody keeps blowing me off. We've seen the same thing happen with Eli Manning. We've seen it happen with Nick Foles. Now we're seeing it happen again with Foles. I'm I'm not entirely sold on the the Eagles not making the playoffs, and I'm not entirely, you know, if I'm the Chicago Bears, I don't want to run in the Philadelphia Eagles. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm letting the Vikings win and make the playoffs, and that way I can just kind of deal with the Vikings. I would rather deal with the Vikings right now than I would the Eagles. Fair enough. Number 12, Steelers. Steelers have offensively have a talented team to go win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I think much like the Vikings, they're hit or miss. Right now. Very much. They, they play well against good teams, but then they play down to certain teams as well, i.e. The, the Raiders game. And I don't, yeah. You don't know what Steelers team you're going to get. They they had a real opportunity to beat the Saints this week. They really did, and, and they just they didn't show up. Uh, Mike Tomlin said it best. We've made our bed. We're going to lie in it. Um, the Steelers sitting at the number eight seed. I think they can make some noise because we know the Steelers, and we know what they're capable of. We, we've seen it many years in the past. We know what Mike Tomlin's capable of. We know what James Conner is capable of. They're so hit or miss. We don't know which Steelers team is going to show up from week to week. Um, to me, I think the Colts are better than them. I think the Texans are better than them. I think the Chargers are better than them. I think the the Patriots are better than them. I think the Chiefs are better than them. And and frankly, I don't. And then you know, I I know you're going to hate this. I think the only team that they really are going to have a tough matchup against, uh, or or that's that's going to. Uh, 
that the Ravens are going to have a tough matchup against is the Steelers. I think they're going to really have a head-to-head matchup, and that's going to be an exciting football game. And the Ravens' defense, they're shutting everybody down. Um, there, there's a lot of teams like like the Chiefs, for example. I think they can shut down the Chiefs right now uh, defensively. I think they can shut down the Patriots defensively. I think they can shut down uh, the Texans defensively. So I, I think the Ravens are are the Steelers are the team that could give the Ravens a real run for their money. It could be a fun game to watch, a great divisional game. We've seen it multiple times, and they did split this year both before this. New offense started. Yes. So and really, for the and I wouldn't say the defense for the defense started because the defense has been good all year, but the defense is uh and maybe because the offense has given them more time to relax, the yep. defense has really um exploded much. They're already the number one defense, and they they yep. just explode even more to come out of the, their shell even more. Right. Um. I I think that that the Steelers would make the Ravens less. I I I, I think they could make the Ravens less volatile. I I'd agree. I think they can they can shut down the uh, uh, the the uh, Ravens quite a bit. I think Ben Roethlisberger knows that team and knows that style. We we know that Baltimore sitting is number one in the league right now in defense, but I think Ben knows how to how to get the job done against the Ravens, and, and it makes for an interesting situation. So the Steelers could they make some noise? I'll give them about a five or a six. Number eleven, Seahawks. They're quiet. They're quietly good right now. They're quietly good. Chris Carson is the story of that team. Most times it's Russell Wilson. I think it's I think it's Chris Carson more than anything. And is this a low <clears throat> ranking given that they just beat the Chiefs? Maybe. Maybe. Sure. <clears throat> Their defense has been good. Bobby Wagner has been just explosive for that team. I, I, I don't know what is going on and where all that came from. It's not like he's never been a good player, but this is like a different level of play that we're seeing out of him. Um, we got to see it in Minnesota. We got to see it uh, uh, this past week. He, he's just playing great ball. I actually, I think the Seahawks could make a lot of noise, uh, and it all hinges on whether they can get the run game going and whether or not they can get their defense rolling. Because Russell Wilson, you if you take notice, Russell Wilson hasn't been putting up like monster Russell Wilson type numbers. We're not seeing the same numbers that we saw two, three years ago where he was throwing for three hundred plus yards a game. We're seeing. 150 yards, 200-yard games. Russell Wilson has been a game manager, and so they're, they're getting this power run game going, and the defense has been slowing things down. They're making explosive plays. I really like um, uh, I really like the idea of the Seahawks making some noise in the playoffs. I think they're going to make some noise. To be honest with you, I'm going to give them a 7. Wow, so you're, you're, you're saying I, I put them down a little bit. Then. A little bit. I, I think the Seahawks... Are, are a scary team because of how good the defense has been, and Chris Carson has just been uh, kind of the unsung hero of that team. Okay, going to 10 here, Um, there these are all teams I believe could make a run for the Super Bowl, either based on being red hot or based on their team skill set. Okay. So it could be a team that's sluggish right now, but we know that at their best they can be a juggernaut. Yeah, red hot. Number 10, and that's going to – I'm. That's gonna. I'm gonna. I've moved them way down from where they were, but because of where they're sluggish, um, the, the Rams. Yeah. Um, skill set wise, oh, they can be any team in this league, but this team's been weird lately. I don't, I don't know what's what's wrong with them. I've been telling you for three weeks that the Rams are not a Super Bowl team, and and what I've seen is a team that that uh, their defense has not been hot. Aaron Donald's come out. He's been sacking guys. Um, 
he, and he's been the only good thing about this defense, really. Uh, the rest of the defense has not been playing well. Marcus Peters has not been playing up to snuff. Uh, Nickel Roby Coleman has not been playing up to snuff. Uh, uh, really very little uh, noise from Indomitian Sioux. The linebackers have been sluggish. The, the secondary has been sluggish. This team, on paper, should be one of the best defenses in the league. They really should. And, and the, the Rams... Their defense has been quietly bad all year long. And all, and the, the offense is great, but they can't keep up with the, with the, the amount of points and yards that the defense is letting. Yeah, and, and that's all we were hearing in the, in the offseason, that the Rams were, and we were saying it, the Rams were a juggernaut. Look at all these great players. They remind me of the Eagles' dream team of yesteryear, that, where they just they put all these great players on the field. We got to see you know Prince Amukamara over there and all these big names, Cromarty and whoever else, and then at the end of the day, they were not the dream team. They wound up stinking up the joint. They did not play well as a unit, and that's what we're seeing out of this Rams defense. Now, the Rams offense, different story, but Jared Goff needs to show up every single week, and Jared Goff has not shown up every single week. We've seen Jared Goff struggle uh, getting the ball and, and throwing it well out of the pocket. We've seen Goff struggle uh, keeping his composure. I'm not completely buying the Rams. I'm not. I feel like they, they were red hot early on in the season, and you and I thought they were unstoppable, and they got pounded on by the Saints. Uh, they the, the Chiefs almost beat them in, in what was just arguably the way, you know, was it a great offensive game? Sure. Or can we just call it what it was? Crappy defensive play, because that's what it was. Both sides. It was garbage. It was absolutely garbage. And And you and I are football purists, so, like, for all those people out there, you know, saying, oh, that was one of the best games I've ever watched, can it? Because at the end of the day, it was crappy defensive play that wasn't football. It was nonsense. It was just two guys slinging it all over it was the field. Madden. Yeah, it was. It was a game of freaking Madden. That's what it was. And it was nonsense. I hated it. Um, and, and people can get all excited and make all that hoopla all they want, but it was garbage. They got, But the, the Rams have been beaten by teams that they have no business losing to. They should have beaten the Bears. And don't get me wrong, the Bears are a great team. But the Bears, they beat on that Rams offense pretty bad. Jared Goff didn't show up. Jared Goff needs to show up every week. Todd Gurley has to show up every week. And they're not showing up every week. No, Gurley is, but he's also hurt now. So where's his team at? Todd Gurley hasn't shown up every week. Because we've seen those weeks where Todd Gurley has put up 36 yards. We've seen those. If Todd Gurley showed up every week the way that Todd Gurley does, Todd Gurley would be making you know Tyler's top 10 every week. But Todd Gurley hasn't shown up. Todd Gurley has nearly, especially in his last five, six games, Todd Gurley has, for lack of a better term, half-assed his way. I don't. And Todd Gurley hasn't been there as much as he, he should be. We've seen 90-yard performances out of Todd Gurley, 30 of which came on the ground, 60 of which through the air. You know, has he scored a lot of touchdowns? Sure, kudos to him, but Todd Gurley hasn't shown up. Jared Goff hasn't showed up. Am I wrong that Jared Goff hasn't showed up, Tyler? And since the second half of the season started, no. He hasn't, and I'm so sick and tired of, of you know, people were saying Jared Goff for MVP. Absolutely not. Jared Goff has no business near the MVP train. So... I'm with you on this. I actually believe that the Rams, divisional round, see you later. Wow. No matter who they run into. Number nine, Colts. Red Hot Colts. I think what the, what shackles them here is a high-power offense is going to make Andrew Luck go to work because their, their, their defense is going to be their weak spot. I think you're selling them a little short, to be honest. Uh, I think the Colts can make a lot more noise. Andrew Luck... 
is like he he's right now. You know what Andrew Luck looks like? He looks like a more mobile Peyton Manning. That's yeah. that's what he's looking like. He Peyton Manning used to stand strong in the pocket, real strong arm. He used to do a really great job. He looks way more mobile than Peyton Manning, but he's throwing the ball just as accurately. Um, Luck knows how to throw on the move well. Luck's arguably the best quarterback in the league of the last uh, five weeks. Yeah, he's he's been getting ball in the end zone. We've seen him break 400 yards a couple of times. He's He's been hitting his tight ends well. He's making something out of nothing, and that's what I like. And especially with a healthy T.Y. Hilton, I think that really helps him. T.Y. had trouble keep and, staying and healthy. And Marlon Mack actually starting to come to, come alive. Yeah, and, and T.Y. Hilton had a lot of trouble staying healthy these last few years. He opens things up a little bit. But the other guy is Eric Ebron. We were talking about him. That guy's a touchdown machine. He's a major red zone threat. The Colts have a shot here. They have a shot. Um, do I think they'll make the Super Bowl? No, but they do have a shot. I believe in Andrew Luck. I'm you and I card-carrying members of the Andrew Luck fan club. I believe in Andrew Luck. I agree with you that they have a shot at the bowl. I think you're selling them a little shorter than you should. I think they have a real good shot, though. Number eight, Ravens. For one, um, there's only one reason I have them sitting this high. Well, two. Reason one, the defense. Um, like I said earlier, on their best day, if they do their best day from here on out defensively, they win the Super Bowl. But that you can't replicate that every week. And no. their, their offense is going to be their weak spot here. But e- even though it's technically a weak spot, the reason that there's, they're this high is because offensively, right now, other defenses still don't have them figured out yet. Can, I, can they can they play hot enough and, and, and get to the Super Bowl before being figured out? Because it's going to happen. Here's what I think about that. And, and I think you're on to something, but I'm on to something else when it comes to that offensive figuring out situation. Look at the teams in the playoffs right now with the AFC. We'll start with the Chiefs, no defense. The Patriots, no defense. The Colts, no defense. The Chargers, top six. They, they're top six right now. And then Texans, I think, are in the top ten right now. Um, they're going to run into either the Chargers or the Texans at some point. But I don't know that the Char- Texans are the Chargers, and I think we've seen this, the Texans or the Chargers have the offensive output to to get past that that Ravens wall there that we're seeing. So you're saying I, I might have them low? You might have them low. It comes down to that defense. It comes down if, to if that. the defense plays subpar, they get wrecked. Because you've got yeah, because you've got teams here in the playoffs that that can't don't have defenses. They don't have defenses. They can't combat anything. I, I, I look at this last Saturday. I mean. Um, Rivers, one of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. He played horrible. He, they looked lost. He played horrible. So I, I'm looking at the Ravens. And on the other end of it, their, their defense, one yeah. of the best in the league. They had no answers for that offense. They had no answers. And and a lot of teams are having trouble figuring it out. Um, this is very – you know what it's reminiscent of is it's Colin Kaepernick, Jim Harbaugh situation. Where, where or uh, quarterback. Jay Gruden and, uh, and RG3. Yeah, and that's what it's becoming. I, I hope it's, for your sake, I hope it's Kaepernick, you know, because Kaepernick, you know, got him to the promised land three separate times. I hope it's more Russell Wilson. Yeah. won it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but at the end of the day, you look at these teams, four of them don't have defenses. Two of them, their offenses, I don't know that they can handle, the two that do have the defenses, I don't know that their offenses can handle the Ravens' defense. So Ravens, they do have a real shot. And if I'm going to give it, if I'm a betting man, I'm giving them about an eight on the noise-making scale. Wow. Wow. 
Because, I mean, I think uh, even though they, they lost the game against the Chiefs, I think the Ravens now seeing Mahomes can have a better game plan for his uh, crisscross, throw the ball this way. Yeah, yeah, these no-look passes but and stuff. But I also believe that the Chargers getting a second chance of the Ravens get a better opportunity to, to, to hit Lamar. Yeah, could be something else. And this is also a Chargers team that's going to have, you know, uh, uh, two of their, their major weapons back here. Well, they, ha- they, they had Gordon and... Uh, Allen, but Eckler, Eckler back is a big is a big change. <laughs> you know that's that's a big thing, and Keenan Allen, even though he is a full practice, Keenan Allen is is now starting to finally be a hundred percent healthy. He wasn't a hundred percent healthy against the Ravens. I think it changes things. But as far as the the three teams that could miss the the four teams that could miss the playoffs, um, would it be the biggest travesty for the Ravens to miss? I, I'd say yes, absolutely. Um, I I think if you want the best teams in, you want Ravens and Colts in there. Yeah, no, if, yeah. If you're looking for the strongest playoff, yeah, I, I think you're looking at that. But but the Titans could squeak their way in. Yeah, so could the Steelers because Titans don't have Titans have a good defense. Yep, yep, and that could be that could prove to be a little bit interesting for your boys in Baltimore. Yeah, see if they can squeak by the Colts this week. Number seven. See, this is where I'm getting to the point where I, I I couldn't realistically um put the Ravens any higher. Number seven, and we would probably be shocked to have them at this low, but Patriots. Yeah, the um, the Pats, they've been kind of hit or miss. Brady hasn't been the same Tom Brady. Uh, He's been hit or miss, but he hasn't been like Steelers-Vikings hit or miss. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, you don't know. Like Tom Brady, he's been good. He hasn't been great. Um, Patriots' defense has not been good. Um, I, I'm okay with this. I, I don't think the Patriots are the Patriots we've seen for the last decade. This is a different Patriots team. They're playing well, but they're not playing that well. They're not, they're not great. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and call them a great team. They're a good team. Um, but see, this is the team that could they win the Super Bowl? Of course they can. Yeah, it's the of Patriots. Of course they can. It's a Patriots. But it's a team that if I had to pick one team, um, I'm going to look at the, the teams that are in the playoffs currently, not, uh, minus Sears and Titans. If there's a team that I think the Ra- I feel the most confident in the Ravens beating right now, I'd honestly be the Patriots for one reason, one reason only. And that's because what happens when Brady gets hit or he can't get in rhythm? Yeah, it gets he scary. gets frustrated. He gets angry. He and he starts making more mistakes. So I, I, the AFC playoff is going to be an interesting animal. All these teams could really beat each other. But going on and going to number six, and this is the team that you talked about a lot, and we've talked about a lot already. But I'm not gonna. I'm not, so I'll just add some final words since uh, you kind of hijacked the mic for me on that earlier. And that's number. That's the Eagles. Um, Eagles, red, red hot right now. Yes, they have Nick Foles in there who's playing out of his mind again, as you said, coming out of the uh, phone booth with the Superman outfit on and playing out of his mind. It was this time last year when uh, he when Wentz went down in the Rams game, and here comes Nick Foles, and everyone thinks everything's done, and, and they make it to the Super Bowl and win it. Nick Foles is a Super Bowl MVP. And here we are, about the same time, Nick Foles comes in, he beats the Rams, he beats the Texans, two very big, prominent, um, and Playoff and Super Bowl hopefuls there. Can the Eagles continue? I I I, I think you're. I think um, putting them high is is good here. Um, their floor is there. Nick Foles could kind of fizzle out, but I mean they're they're arguably the hottest team in football right now. Number five, got to talk about the Texans. I mean I I would have loved to have them higher on this list, but uh, here we are, and they're they've lost a couple. A couple of some good teams for sure, but at the same time, they're they're not looking hot right now. And and uh, 
Deshaun Watson's got to got to keep it going. He's he's playing good ball. They they did lose um, Demarius Thomas, and the, the, so and uh, so they're gonna that's gonna hurt them a bit there because now the pressure is gonna be on on DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller. The defense has to keep things uh, going the right direction if the if the Texans are going to uh, continue this up. Well, yeah, the Texans are are kind of an interesting little animal. Watson is is the guy that I'm looking at the most, though, when it comes to the Texans. I believe that his arm is what gets the Texans to the promised land. What do you yeah. think about that at number five? About what? Sitting at number five. What do you think about that? Uh, Just over the Eagles, who have it at six. Uh, the Eagles, see, I think the Eagles are the team that's going to make the most noise if they make the playoffs. As long as they make the playoffs, the Eagles... I think they're going to make the most noise out of anybody in this because of how hot they are, but that just depends on this week. If the Vikings beat the Bears and the Eagles are eliminated, it's done, kaput, over with. Eagles make the playoffs, everybody's running scared. It's like cockroaches. They're just running They're running terrified. But at, at five, am I, am I clinging on to my, to my midseason prediction a little too much? Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Probably. But the Texans are still a damn good football team. Texans are a damn good football team. I think they... they uh, they kind of crapped the bed a little bit this week. Um, if if they do make the Super Bowl and then they do run into the Eagles, you better just be like, no, they're not. They're not. No, <laughs> they're not winning. Um, the Eagles. If, it, too if it's Eagles and Texans, I, damn it! Just just for this, I'm going to pick the Texans over. Yeah. <laughs> just to, just to, just to hammer down my point. Yeah, the, you're doubling down. Uh, the, the Texans, um, great team. Uh, Watson, great arm. He is the heart and soul of that team. We got to see the the falling apart of the Texans last season when, when Watson went down and we got to see Tom Savage roll into the game. And, you know, we know there's a significant difference between Watson and Tom Savage. So it, it really depends on the health of Deshaun Watson, and it, it depends on whether or not the Texans can can keep that man healthy. But the other issue you got is Demarius Thomas going down. Demarius Thomas, whether we like it or not, Demarius Thomas opened things up for the Texans down the field. He opened things up from a receiving standpoint I know he wasn't like this gigantic playmaker. I, I, I know that. We're well aware. But did, did it open up things for the Texans? Yeah, I think it did. And I think it gave him an additional weapon because Fuller going down was a huge loss. Absolutely. Huge loss for the Texans. I believe in the Houston Texans being noisemakers. I think that they're less than the Eagles, though. I think that the Eagles are, are more noisemakers than a majority of the teams that we're looking at on the board, especially the teams that we're currently looking at in the playoffs at, at this moment. And the final four. Yay! The Bears. The Bears, yeah. I, I think that the Bears' defense, you know, first of all, we, we know the Bears' defense centers around Khalil Mack, okay? Yep. One of their unsung heroes right now, uh, there's a couple of them. Fuller. I think we're, we're, we're nobody's, nobody's giving Fuller enough love. Um, Raquan Smith. I don't think anybody giving that guy enough love. He's got because what no one's looking at is the Bears was already a rising defense going into the season yeah. before the Cleo Mack trade. The Cleo Mack trade just kind of set over the top. Yeah, and and I believe that they they have a defense right now that is um, it's one of the the most scary defenses, especially in terms of pass rush. Their pass rush is so so brutal. Um, and you know, a lot of one of the guys that you know we always hear about Mitchell Trubisky. The guy moves well. Um, he's a he's kind of a mobile quarterback, but he's learning how to be kind of like Andrew Luck, where he's mobile, but he's throwing the ball well. He's getting to you know open open receivers. He's hitting guys in the flat. He's actually 
a really good quarterback. I, mm-hmm. I and, and everybody kind of sold short. We we were all we, everybody's sitting there going, oh, well, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is that fucking good. Blah blah blah. We kept hearing that all year long. Mitchell Trubisky comes out and he's just rocking the joint right now. So I, he's a good quarterback. But the other guy, Tariq Cohen, you got to give it up for the man. Um, he's been the heart and soul of that offense, really. Yeah. Well, um, Cohen and Howard. Yeah, I, it's, it's more Cohen than than Howard. Cohen's been the guy that's been he he's so reminiscent of Reggie Bush circa '09. He really is. He's Reggie Bush circa '09 uh, without the health issues. Really, I mean that's yeah, I that's what that. we're seeing. Um, he's he's a major major part of their offense catching out of the backfield. Uh, he extends plays. He's fast. I, you gotta love Cohen and and Allen Robinson wasn't a bad pickup either. He makes plays when when they need something. It's just not he hasn't been as noisy as I think people were hoping he was going to be. Yeah, he hasn't been, but at the same time, he gets open. He makes plays when they're needed, and I think that's something that to be there's something to be said about that. So I mean, and Tyler Gabriel's been a good piece of that offense as well. Yeah. The, the Bears are, are a frightening team. I, I think that when they beat the Rams, everybody kind of opened their eyes and went, oh. So, I mean, people are starting to recognize. I'm, you know, I, I could see a Saints-Bears NFC Championship game. That is something that, that I think we could see. And if it does happen, I'll actually be excited to watch that football game. I don't like either team, but it'll actually be a good football game. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I could see that going on. I, and I like this spot. I think you, you've got the Bears in the proper spot. Um, there, there's a maybe only three teams that I'm seeing that that could be better. Um, I want to see the order you got them in, but you know, I'm, I'm I I think there's only three teams that could be better. And yeah, so I got, only got three left. And have oh, I listed them yet? I I can't remember which ones. Um, number three, man, I I flip up these guys a couple times. Three is the Chiefs. No defense. That's what's going to hurt them. No defense. Look at the Rams game. You get a team that, that fires back, it could be bad for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to have to play a game of outscore your opponent. That's it. That's all it is. They have to outscore their opponent. That's the only way they're going to win this this uh, this Super Bowl. That's the only way they're going to get it done. They have the team to outscore. That wins the game puts up the most points. That, that's that's what it is. It's going to every game is going to be a shootout from here on forth. I think the Chiefs they have a really good shot at winning, but it all comes down to that offense because that defense is non-existent. They have no defense. They just lost their best corner. They, they, he hits IR. I, you know, right now I'm looking at at the Chiefs going. You got offense, and that's what they're going to have to roll with. They, they remind me, from an offensive standpoint, they remind me of of the Vikings from '98. You know, when they they went 15 and one and Moss's rookie season and all that jazz. That's what they remind me of, and I drink to forget that year. But that's why. How did that season end? Was there something like a missed field goal? I hate you so much, but. Um, <laughs> You know, that's what they remind me of, though. They, their offense is so prolific, and nobody can seem to keep up, and that's a similar thing that we saw out of the Vikings that year. I think the Chiefs could could wind up that same way if they don't figure something out defensively because right now teams are starting to figure out that offense a little bit, and it's getting a little tough, it's a little tough for them. Agreed. Number two, Chargers. Despite the loss <coughs> against the Ravens, this is still a very good, very hot football team. We've been hot on the Chargers all year. Yes, we have been. At one point in time, we both had them in, in our in our Super Bowl spot. I had them in the Week Eight. I had moved. I had them, them the, the original. Yep, I moved them to the Super Bowl in Week Eight. 
um, I still believe they're capable. And and I, I believe that this offense and Phillip Rivers, they, they're hot. They've got a positive attitude. The defense has actually is been very, very good. Top six. I, I like the Chargers. I, I think they're they're um and they're my second favorite team in the NFL too, so that that makes it kind of exciting. Um last time we saw the Chargers in a Super Bowl was what, twenty nine against the Niners, um, with Steve Young at the helm. Uh so so it would be kind of cool to see them back in the Super Bowl. I think it would be fun. Eckler gives them a nice little spark. You you've got some pieces there. Melvin Gordon gives them a nice spark. You get you've got and Keenan Allen, he's slowed down from when we first saw Keenan Allen. Remember how explosive he used to be? But I mean, he still is. He is, but he's not the guy we saw years ago. Can we agree on that? I mean, you say years. He hasn't got that many years. Well, I, four seasons ago. Okay. You know, he's not the same guy. Injuries have kind of caught up with him. I believe that, that the Chargers could make some noise. I think that they're scary. I think that the, this offense, you know, they're going to have to figure something out because right now, as it lines up, they're set to take on your Ravens, and they just tossed a, lost a tough one to them. So, do I believe that the Chargers could win? Yes, but they they have an uphill battle. I think the Chargers could make a lot of noise, but they the only way they're going to make a lot of noise is if they move past your Ravens. I you you, you could be looking at a scenario where we could be seeing um, the team the team in in that wins this game goes to the Super Bowl. Yes, you could look you at, could, but again, the Ravens are not. In the playoffs, yet, 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 we got to see what happens with this Colts Titans game. Well, that has nothing to do with it. Well, it's, Ravens beat the Browns; they're in. They lose; Steelers are getting in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, it depends. If the yeah, if the Ravens beat the Browns, they go ten and six. So yeah, they would be in. So I mean, the Ravens got to win and in, but it's the Browns. It's not easy. It's it the Browns. Easy. It's Baker Mayfield. Um, less to. Uh, Heisman winners, right? Yep. Yep. So that, that could be game of the week, maybe. It's, it's Baker Mayfield. Well, I mean, we'll get more of the games in a bit. But uh, number <laughs> one, and that's the Saints. Yeah, I, it's I don't hard think... to bet on, against the Saints right now. You can't bet against them. Um... Have they been as hot as <laughs> they've been earlier in the season? No. But this goes to show this is going to be a crazy, crazy playoff. Drew Brees in the playoffs is one of the most terrifying people in the world. I know from experience. And I got to experience that Minnesota miracle play last year, and I jumped around my living room. There's not going to be any miracles this year. Drew Brees has a two-year deal, and and he's got two years left, I think, and then he's done, and he's pissed. And this is this year is one of them. <clears throat> yep, and he's pissed about what happened. Because let's, let's let's not let's not um, uh, joking aside here, um, Minneapolis miracle or not, the Saints played the better game. They did. The Saints should have won that game. The, the Vikings played the better game in the first half. The Saints took the game in the second half, and, and that miracle play happened. Um, now, I'm not going to say that the Saints played the better game. What I will say is that Drew Brees brought his team back from the dead because they were down 17 nothing going into that going into halftime. Um, Drew Brees brought his team back from the dead in that game. Now, the Vikings, they need to uh, uh, come out here and, and get things done. Uh, but the Saints, they're they're the team that's that's they're the team to beat right now in the NFC. Absolutely, well, in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, they're they're the team to beat. Um, you run into Drew Brees and the Saints, and you're scary. They're 13 and two right now. They've clinched the number one speed, seed. They've clinched their their division. Drew Brees and the Saints. I I agree with this position. I, I think they're number one. 
Um, I think they're the most terrifying team in football right now. 100%. You can't bet against them right now. No, absolutely not. But with that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to do the actual Tyler's Top 10 and the Forgetful 5. And then after that, we're going to look ahead at the last week of the regular season. Yeah, last week of the regular You're season four games down with one week to play, unless we're going through the playoffs. Yeah. Are we going, are we going to go through the Super Bowl with our predictions? No, no, we'll, we'll do that next week. We can do that when I mean, I mean like, as far as our count. Does, do you have until the Super Bowl to catch up, or is it end next week? I mean, yeah, we'll go into the Super Bowl. Okay. We'll go to the Super Bowl. We'll make it fun. Um, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll be right back, right here, on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage... You get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours, with the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, uh, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with uh, titillating Tyler Dean. How we doing? The tiny Tyler Dean. Accurate. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Tyler, um, here we are. We've gone through our news. We've talked about playoffs. Uh, One thing we didn't get to talk about this week and, and we're about to get into here is your favorite segment of the week. Are you prepared, Tyler? Always. Do you feel good? Always. You feel excited? Nope. You're stretching your denim over there? Don't lie. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it is time for... Tyler's Top 10! Tyler's Top 10! Woo! Yay! Uh, Tyler's Top 10, man. Top 10 performances of the week. Uh, here we go, week uh, 16. We're, we got one week left, man. I know. One week last season blew by. Yeah, it did. There was, there, you know, and, and believe it or not, we're 24 episodes in. This is, this is episode 24. Wow. 24 episodes. Wow. And that's, that's even with some weeks off and, and I mean, 24 episodes has blown by. Really. And then we're going to start getting to my favorite part of the year. Off season free agency and mm-hmm. draft and all that good, good. Surprised you like the draft when you don't even like college football. I like the draft. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of college ball, but you know, I'm you know me. I'm kind of a numbers guy, and um, I, I, I around draft time, just before draft time, I start watching a lot of a lot of video, a lot of clips, um, uh, and and I start really scouting draft profiles and and kind of watching the, uh, the combines and all that good stuff. I really get into it. Uh, draft time is exciting for me. So I, I like that, but I also like free agency time. Uh, I like the free agency, the shuffle and, and all that good stuff, all the news that comes with it. And, you know, I, you, you know how our phones go off constantly at the NFL yep, app with yep. free agency time. And free agency day is like a holiday. 
Cause, cause you know, the, you know, we're always listening. It's like, you know, my phone's constantly do, 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 do. And here's like a new one and do, do, do. And it just keeps going, you know? So, um, but with that, Tyler, Tyler's top 10. Here we go, buddy. I it, kind of super time. cheated this week. You super cheated. How many, how many <laughs> honorables did you have? So I have my honorable mention. Oh God. Um, honorable mention number five in a six way tie. Uh, um, Holy quarterbacks this week, by the way. Oh, Jesus. This was the single biggest week for quarterbacks. Huge quarterback It week. was just insane. Yes. Um, a lot of guys had just like, these really similar stat lines, so I couldn't just put them all in one. I'm not going to go through other stat lines. I'm going to list their names. Yeah. A lot of these guys had like really um, like, decent um, QBRs and decent um, percentages and about anywhere from like 250 to 280 yards and like two, three touchdowns, basically. Yes. Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees, James Winston, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson all had very good days today yeah. this week. And <laughs> yeah, they did. It, it was just a quarterback um, crazy week, and I still have a bunch of quarterbacks I, I still need to mention here. Oh, boy. It, but qu- holy quarterbacks, and I just wanted to kind of give them a little pat in the back there. Yeah, Cousins, um, the, the one thing about Kirk Cousins, he had a good day uh, with three touchdowns, but the, the one thing about, about Kirk Cousins that I loved was uh, he got his team, him and Rudolph together, got got the Vikings back in that game, uh, watching that game, being there live, seven rows off the field there. And uh, that Hail Mary pass that happened right at the end of the second quarter, Rudolph goes up, snags it out of midair, very exciting to watch, very fun to watch, Diggs catching a uh, pass underneath. Rudolph was the exciting one. Uh, they could not slow him down, but I, I was um, – it was an exciting game to watch. Kirk Cousins was something special, uh, really for one of the first times all year. He was he was looking tremendous. So uh, yeah, kudos to him. Number four, Zach Ertz, twelve receptions, one hundred and ten yards, and two touchdowns. Zach Ertz, as usual, doing what Zach Ertz does. Um, I like Zach Ertz. Gets the reception record. Yeah, yeah, he does. Gets the reception record. I. I I, I hate Zach Ertz and I love him. I hate him because he torched us last year. I love him because he's got great hands. He's probably, I think Zach Ertz is probably the best tight end in the league right now, other than maybe George Kittle. Yeah. I don't think anybody can really hold a hand to him. Oh, absolutely. Or, I don't think anybody can hold a candle to the guy. He's he's really good. Number three, Chris Carson, 20, 27 carries, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. We were talking about him earlier. He he puts that Seattle team on his back. He it's Setting up that run opens up so much for Russell Wilson in that offense. It takes a lot off of the uh, the offensive line. Um, you know, it's tougher to pass block than it is to run block. You know, and and it takes a lot of pressure off that O line to get that running game going. We saw it with the Vikings bringing in Kevin Stefanski. Now we're seeing uh, Chris Carson, a guy who everybody kind of went who when they said he was his number one. He comes out, he he puts that offense on his back and and really uh, breaks things up out there. So he, good good job to him. Number two, Andrew Luck. 31 for 47, 357 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck. Just tearing it up. He's just he's been the epitome to all these all these defenses over the second half of the season. He, and he's in MVP talk. He's gotta be. Oh he's not because he had the the first half of the season was pretty shaky for the Colts. Uh, I think he should be, and and you know, if if this end of the season is anywhere near um uh what we're gonna see next season. The Colts are scary again. They're they're officially oh, yeah. dangerous again. And number one of the honorable mentions, Robbie Anderson, nine receptions, 140 yards, and a touchdown. He's been one of the only shining spots of that Jets team. Really, he's one of yeah. Yeah, he's got a great great amount of speed, good hands. He's a playmaker. Um, him and Quincy Anunua together pair together really well. Um, I think Robbie Anderson's more the vertical threat than and Anunua's more kind of the the pass catcher there. But Robbie Anderson, uh, he's had a couple of games where he's had just monster numbers, and, and he's been on your top ten on a couple of occasions. Um, I like Robbie Anderson. I, I think he's got a great uh, 
He's got a great career ahead of him. He's a young guy. He's got he's got everything going for him. So way to go, Robbie Anderson. And now going to the actual top ten here. Number ten, Kyle Rudolph. My boy. Nine receptions, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. I think you shortchanged him. I really didn't. I, I, I bet you did. Uh, nine receptions, 122, two touchdowns. We just got done talking about him. Uh, Rudolph was the biggest shining spot of that Vikings team. Um, he, he just he played so well. Uh, watching him was, it was a privilege. I've always liked Kyle Rudolph. We remember when he was a pro bowler in his rookie season. He was something special for the Vikings. He's got great hands, though. That's that's the big thing about Kyle oh, Rudolph. Yeah. <clears throat> and he, he's got the height. He's got great size. He, can, he has a tendency to go up and get passes. He went out and got that Hail Mary pass at the end of the second, bring the Vikings up to 14-9, um, really dug him out of the gutter there. So kudos to Kyle Rudolph. Nine receptions is a hell of a, a feat, especially against, you know, when you're paired off. Actually, against some some uh, decent pass coverage, uh, guys like, like Darius uh, Slay out there. So. Number nine, a downgrade for Mr. Christian McCaffrey with his 178 yards with scrimmage. I mean, this is, he's normally higher on my list, and here he is sitting low on here, but this, is, this goes to show Christian McCaffrey is just the heart and soul of this team and a big part going forward. The man broke the record for, for pass catches by a running back, the franchise record for the, the Carolina Panthers. I think he broke the NFL record, too, did he not, for passes caught by a running back? I believe so. Um the guy's a speedster. He's been, you know, a major part of the Panthers' offense all year long. Cam Newton would be lost without him. They have no receivers out there worth a damn. Christian McCaffrey has to be everything for Cam Newton right now. So more, more hard work from him. I hope they get him some help in in the future. I hope so too. I mean, I I, I like Christian McCaffrey. I really I, do. I liked him when he got drafted. So they they need to get him some help though. Number eight, debut on the list here, Sam Darnold. Wow. 24 for 35, 341 yards, and three touchdowns. Normally we're talking about him on the forgetful five. I know. But uh, Sam Darnold comes out firing, um, finally showing off some arm strength, finally showing off some accuracy, finally showing, you know, he was like Baker Mayfield. He woke up feeling dangerous. <laughs> that's that's what he did. But Baker started off being dangerous already. Yeah. And Darnold took some time. Darnold, but I wanted Sam Darnold to be successful so bad because I believed in Sam Darnold, and I believe Sam Darnold was was the number one quarterback. I understand where we got a small sample size. We're only a season in. This is one game. I get it, but it's a hell of a start, and it's a hell of a step in the right direction. He has himself a great game. I love it. Um, kudos to uh, to old Darnold there. I, I'm I'm hoping that he continues this trend. Number seven, C.J. Anderson coming in to to replace Todd Gurley as Todd Gurley set this week. Twenty carries, 167 yards, and a touchdown. Big big game by C.J. Anderson. Anderson, um, he's a guy that that was never um, given ample enough opportunity. I think he got one in Denver and. and you know, they kind of shit on him, and, and he hasn't gotten any major opportunities since then. This yeah, was a great he, shot. He, he got signed <clears throat> with Panthers, and they didn't really use him. Yeah, th- this is a great shot for him to, to you know, uh, I, I guess to start moving forward and, and trying to get signed to a new contract in the offseason. When they signed him, this is just a one-year, like, hey, like, fill in for us kind of deal. I want to see if they're gonna if he's gonna get a long term deal moving forward with with some team. I don't know who, but somebody's got to see this and go, hey, maybe this could a be Jets a if they don't if they don't go for a uh, Le'Veon Bell. And you know, there's gonna be a couple good runners out there, but Anderson should be considered one of them. He won, and, and people were saying I was seeing all this stuff. 
Oh, Anderson's crap. Oh, he's he's overrated. Oh, he's garbage. Oh, he can't do anything. You know what? This week he shut up his haters. He did a great job in Denver, and people need to recognize who the hell C.J. Anderson is. He's going to get a big deal this offseason. You watch. Number six, Ben Roethlisberger. 33 for 50, 380 yards, and three touchdowns. Roethlisberger, it was a tough break in this game. He he did so well. He outdueled Breeze. Yep, he did so well, and and the Saints still come out on top barely. They squeak one out. Um, they they gave uh, the Saints a run for their money on the arm of of Ben Roethlisberger. That's what it comes down to. Um, you know, people for for all the crap people have been saying about Ben Roethlisberger, I've been hearing all this nonsense about him. Oh, he's not a Hall of Famer. BS. The guy's a Hall first of Famer. Ballot. First ballot, for sure. He's he's a Hall of Famer. So people just need to shut up with that stuff too. Especially the other players who are saying that he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, ben Roethlisberger's great, great arm. He showed up and and he played his little heart out there. Um, and and he actually at one point New Orleans was was up and uh, he brought him back. So he brought the Steelers back into that game. So kudos to Ben Roethlisberger. Great job. Going top five, Deshaun Watson. 29 for 40, 339 yards, two touchdowns. But wait, two rushing touchdowns as well on 40 yards. Yeah, Watson, um, he, he's we, – we, everybody forgets, you know, he became a pocket passer in Houston uh, under that Bill O'Brien system. We know Bill O'Brien loves pocket passers. We, we know that. Bill O'Brien did it with Tom Brady for so many years. Bill O'Brien's system is very similar to the Patriots system. Here's the thing about it. Um, we forget that Watson has running ability. We forget oh, that, yeah. and and you know a lot of times when Teddy Bridgewater was playing, we, people often forgot about Bridgewater's running ability as well. Br- Bridgewater was learning how to be a pocket passer. We saw it, and then he, you know, out of nowhere he would take off, and everybody would go, "Well, where the hell did all that come from?" Teddy Bridgewater knows how to run, uh, and and you know Watson is no different. Watson can throw from the pocket, but Watson knows how to run. He's very similar to Russell Wilson. I want I want Lamar to 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 be like. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and and that's that could very well be on the way. But Deshaun Watson, when he runs like that, man, he he makes plays. And those two touchdowns with the with his legs, that's a big deal. Forty yards isn't a whole lot of yardage, but hey, you know what? That's end four. Zone. That's end zone and four first downs. So kudos to him. Great job. And and that's on top of north of three hundred yards through the year. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, Watson, he deserves big ups for that. Because I mean, yeah, because yeah, yeah, like Lamar Jackson put up hundred yards on the ground, but only having hundred. 20 yards through the air. We'd be talking a lot different than Lamar if he was putting up 300 yards. Yeah, it, it, that's the big thing. We, we would be talking a, a little bit different about the man. Number four, Jamal Williams. 156 yards scrimmage, two touchdowns. Big game. 156 yards scrimmage. That's um, how much of it was on the ground? Uh, I need to look. It was, it was a, I think most of it was on the ground. Oh, okay. Um, either way, good offensive output. Um, that really and and you know we we I want to start talking about it like this from you know Jawan Williams he goes up and puts up 156 yards from scrimmage he gets in the end zone twice so he's putting up numbers but the 156 yard let's just put it like this 95 is on the ground 95 on the ground so he he's doing his job and getting getting stuff done he's he's uh, making plays receiving out of the backfield kudos to him that was that was a, a great great output there 15 first downs let's put it that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, you put it in those perspectives. <clears throat> Fifteen first downs uh, came from him, so you you can put it that just like that. Um, just monster, monster numbers. Uh, it's good that he can be a dual threat like that. Um, just awesome, love it. Number three, like I said, the quarterback train here, Aaron Rodgers, 
3755, 442 yards and two touchdowns. He's all they got. And, he, and he's all they need, apparently. <laughs> he's all they got. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, 442. Uh, not many people can. Oh. Him and uh, Jamal Williams. Uh, yeah, he, uh, uh. <laughs> and Devontae Adams. Devontae is a different story. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he's... He, the, the man, he makes something out of nothing every time. Doesn't he? Absolutely. He, he makes something... I hate the guy. I think he's a crybaby. I think he's a jerk. But he makes something out of nothing every time. He does. 100%. He, he always it's, does. He's... he's one of the best, he's arguably the best quarterback in the history of the game. I don't think he's the best in the history of the game. He's one of, but but Rodgers, he always makes something out of nothing. He he's got a good arm. He, he's he's dangerous every time he's out there. My my thing of him being made one of the top there, he doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, he doesn't throw interceptions. It's not often. It's very it's not often. He's, he's, at been, all. he's been historically the guy that has like the, the the best touchdown interception ratio. Yeah, yeah, he's he knows what he's doing. Um, I like Aaron. I I hate Aaron Rodgers, but I I like what he does on the field. Um, the Packers, they, they know where their bread's buttered. That's why they gave what, 32 million? Yep. <laughs> that's, that's why they gave him 32 million a year. So that, I mean, he's doing his job. Aaron Rodgers doing what Aaron Rodgers does. Number two, Antonio Brown. 14 receptions, 185 yards, and two touchdowns. Brown and Ben did exactly what they need to do to win that football game and it yeah. just comes short. They, uh, they came to play. Antonio Brown came to play. He, he was not goofing off. Um, everybody before the game, it was funny. I was seeing them all talking about Juju Smith-Schuster and Juju Smith-Schuster, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then Antonio Brown goes and does what Antonio Brown does. And she's going out and show why he's the number one receiver in the league. Yep, fourteen receptions, one eighty-five, two touchdowns. Just, I mean, huge, huge, huge game. Uh, Saints couldn't contain him, especially with with some very good corners. Uh, Saints have some very good corners, but a lot of quietly one of the best defenses <coughs> in the league this, the second yeah. half of the season. Well, and and the thing is the. On certain plays where Brown, and, and it was a lot of this, and I'm going to give credit to Mike Tomlin, um, a lot of the plays where Brown was blowing up, they created a mismatch between him and Eli Apple. Um, I was seeing that a lot. When, when Antonio Brown was on the field, you would often see him paired off against Eli Apple as opposed to Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I was After the, the Vikings-Lions game, I was sitting there watching this game specifically. I was out at Hockey Town Cafe having a couple beers, and we were watching this game, and I was going, wow. Um, that Antonio Brown's blowing up, and I was watching him charging down the field at one point, and they saw the back of one of the jerseys and said Apple, and I said, "Wow, they paired him off with Eli Apple. Are they high? You know, you're, <laughs> it just made no sense. Eli Apple's a good corner, but he's no Lattimore. So, um, yeah, kudos to Mike Tomlin first of all for creating that mismatch. And, oh yeah, and, and kudos to Antonio Brown for exploiting that one immensely. Yeah, and and kudos to Antonio Brown for the plays. Um, just it was a, a major mismatch there. And number one, uh, statistically you can't uh, argue with this. Nick Foles, thirty-five of forty-nine, four hundred seventy-one yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Dun 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 dun. Look at this. I think I'm looking at his stats from a game on uh, January twenty-first, two thousand eighteen. What, what happened that day? Oh yeah, uh, they demolished. The Minnesota Vikings. Oh, gosh. No. I hate the Eagles. <laughs> I hate Nick Foles. And I, you know, and in, in it's, I hate Nick Foles, but for for the reasons that Nick Foles would appreciate. I hate Nick Foles because of the fact that he shows up and, and just 
like I said, Superman enters phone booth, pops out Superman outfit. Here he goes. Nick Foles is about to pop out of that phone booth. If I'm any team in the playoffs, I don't want to run into the Philadelphia Eagles. Chicago Bears should be smart about this. They need to start their backups. They need to just allow the Vikings to win this game. Keep the Eagles out of the playoffs. You don't want the hot team in the playoffs. Keep them out of out of contention. Keep them out of there. Please be smart about this. I know they're not going to be. I know that's not what they're thinking about. They're thinking about the glory and, all. Oh, I want that first round by. Well, that's great. If they run into the Eagles and the Eagles kick the crap out of the Bears, I'm going to say, ha, I told you so. Not just to you, Tyler, but I'm going to send the, the Chicago Bears a letter saying, ha, I told you so. <laughs> I will. I think you just want your Vikings to playoffs. It's not just that. It's just the fact that, that I, I don't want the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl again. I don't like the Eagles. I don't like their fans. I think their fans are trash. I, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are trash, and I'm tired of this dumb luck when it comes to Nick Foles showing up whenever the hell he feels like, and, and oh, I'm just going to show up and be the monster this year. To hell with that. Nick Foles, I, I don't, if I'm any one in the NFC, I don't want to touch him. Am I wrong? No, I, they're, they're hot right now. Not, not a team you want to play. Now, Tyler, let's take a brief moment here. Um, it is time for... Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgetful Five. Who screwed up this time? Oh, uh, there, there was, you know, there was screw-ups, but they weren't like screw-ups that were like major. Is, is he on there again? Is, is he there? Is he there? Is, I'm going to start, I'm going to start with number five. <laughs> um, number five goes to Josh Allen. Uh, 20 for 41, 217, one touchdown, two interceptions. The, the Bills picked him up. You know he's not an accurate passer. The guy runs all over the field like an idiot. Um, Josh Allen winds up in uh, spot number five. No, that's, Just, that's great. Mm -hmm. and Josh Allen's been on this list a lot, quite a bit, actually. Yeah. But it's not the Josh I'm talking about. Is, no, is no. Is, I, I, is you got to wait a minute. you got to <laughs> wait. Uh, number four, I'm going with the whole Chargers offense. Um, under under 200 yards of total offense against a very good, and the only reason that they're this low on the forgetful five is because they took on a very, very capable number one defense in the league in your, your Baltimore Ravens. Are we talking historic? <laughs> like I, I, not even trying to bias. I mean, are we talking about a historic defense? I don't, I don't know if we're talking historic because they weren't very good at the beginning of the year. They, they've been number one all year. Two shutouts. I don't, I don't know. Have they been number one all year? Mm -hmm. They uh, shut out the Titans, and I'd have to look into that. But uh, I think they're a very, very good defense. I think they're very, very good, and and that's the only reason that I'm putting the Chargers at number four. Uh, Rivers did have Philip Rivers um, had two interceptions on the day. Uh, it wasn't his greatest performance of the year, but but a very, very stout um, Ravens defense. Um, number three goes to Matt Stafford. Goes 18 for 22, 116 yards. There's two reasons why Stafford's sitting at number three right now over the other two. Number one is the accuracy. 18 for 22 is actually pretty good accuracy. Um, and even though he had the low offensive yardage output, uh, one thing I want to point out when it comes to uh, Matt Stafford is he also was taking on a top defense in the league. Uh, he took on the number four ranked Minnesota Vikings defense uh, and, and got pounded into the ground uh, by once again. Uh, it wasn't 10 sacks like it was earlier in the year but still got pounded into the ground. Um, number two goes to Cody Kessler. Uh, 12 for 17, 106 yards, just a, a horrible game. Uh, he wound up getting benched. They got Blake Bortles in for the final game of the season because Kessler has just played so, you know, so horribly. 
um, under that system. Somebody's about to get fired in Jacksonville. I'm telling you, somebody's I, get, someone's getting heads fired. Heads are gonna roll. Yeah, somebody's about to get fired. Um, and last but not least, is he there? Is he, is he there? Is it him? Yes, your boy is here. <laughs> Number one, the guy who's been on this top five the most consistently out of any player in the league. Even this one year. a few times. Yep. Uh, number one, Josh Rosen, 12 for 23, 87 yards. He got benched for Mike Glennon in this game. Now, is it his fault or is it the offense's fault? Uh, I think, I think uh, you know, and, and Josh Rosen, uh, look, I don't give a crap how bad your offensive line is. 87 yards is unacceptable. True. After And 12 for 23 for 87 yards is unacceptable. Um, Josh Rosen has been the most harassed quarterback in the pocket this year, and uh, he has just not been getting it done. So, yeah, Josh Rosen, he is the uh, number one uh, on the forgetful five this year. Ugh. Or this, this – No, this well, year. Well, yeah, this year. <laughs> this year, basically. But uh, this week, anyway. Um, and, uh, Tyler, it, it we're – it's – well, we're about to take this thing home. It's prediction time. Oh yeah, up it's by prediction four, time. Steve. You're up at four. Um, we had ourselves a uh, we we had ourselves a, a fun week. Uh, but last week we we picked a lot of the same teams. And the one that we picked different, you won on. You took the Raiders. <laughs> the one I picked different. Yeah. Um, we're in week seventeen here. Uh, Tyler, are you ready? Do it. Let's get down to business. Ladies and gentlemen, here are your predictions for week 17 in the NFL. Uh, number one, Dolphins and Bills. I'm going with the Dolphins. I'm, I'm going Dolphins and Bills, too. I think Tanner's going to try to play save his, his job and save his job. He, he does want to retire a Dolphin. Yeah, that's what he says. I, he, he's going to try and save his job. I'm going with the Dolphins on this one. Uh, Lions and the Packers. I'm going with the Packers on this one. Aaron Rodgers says he's finishing out the season starting. Um, so I'm going with the Pack on this one. Packers at home and do the same. Yep. Uh, next up, the Jets versus the Patriots. This will be a whopping. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Patriots. They're playing day. to keep their, their bye. Yep. Playing to keep the bye. I'm sticking with the Patriots. Uh, next up, we got the Panthers and the Saints. I'm going to go ahead with the Saints. The Panthers have fallen apart. Saints as well. Yes. Uh, next up, the Jags and the Texans. I'm going the Texans on this one. I think they, they are also competing to get a bye. Yeah. Hoping that the... Uh, the, the Panthers will drop that game. Yep, so I'm, I'm going with Texans on this one. I'm, I'm going Texans as well. I think they're angry. Um, next up, kind of an interesting one, the Cowboys and the Giants. Uh, I'm going to stick with the, Gi- uh, the Cowboys on this one. I almost said the Giants. Cowboys. Ooh, Cowboys. Can't they bench? I mean, it, they can, um, but I, I don't know that they're going to bench yet. I, I don't know that they, they will. I, they might want to keep their starters hot and yeah. especially because they're going to be going into the, uh, the wild card round. I, I don't know if they bench yet. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm gonna go Giants. Oh, I'm the one. Yeah, here I'm the one taking the risk of the lead. Next up, we got the Falcons and the Bucks. This one's kind of a, a toilet bowl game, but it's a tough choice. I'm going with the Falcons. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't think we want to go anywhere near that. Um, next up, we got the Raiders and the Chiefs. Uh, now, did, did the Raiders beat the Chiefs earlier this year? No, the Chiefs have only lost to good teams. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm going with the Chiefs. Oh, my Same gosh. <laughs> They've only lost a good team. Um, next up, we got the Seahawks in the cards. I'm going with the Seahawks. I, yeah, I think the Seahawks are going to try to keep that, that uh, five seed and they're going to finish off the season. Uh, next up, you got the Niners in the Rams. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams on this one. Even though the Niners are technically hot, I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going Rams. Yeah. 
And uh, next up, Chargers and the Broncos. The Broncos did beat the Chargers. I believe so, yeah. yeah. So that one could be a little tough. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chargers. I think I'm Char- going Chargers as well. They're going to play hard because they could. They get the number one seed. They're going to play hard. Yep. Um, next up, two games that I think are, are at one is a little bit easier than the other, but Vikings and the Bears. One, one of your game of the weeks here. Yeah, one of your games of the week. Vikings fighting for a playoff spot. New offensive coordinator. Have been looking pretty good for the last two weeks. Let's be real. Looked yep. all right the last two weeks. Um, Vikings and the Bears. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to go with the Vikings. With them being home, I'm going really to do the same. Wow. Wow. Vikings at home. We got, we got two. Okay, is that a skull from Tyler? Nope. <laughs> and they backed their way in the playoffs. Oh, I hate you. Uh, next up, we got the Ravens and the Browns. Uh, I'm going with the Browns. Ooh, I just... I'm going with the Ravens. On this nah! I just, with how they play Chargers, they, if they can play that way again, I think they can, they're, they're going to rattle big. Bias. 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 I'm sorry. Would, would you pick the Bears if it wasn't the Vikings? So I, I, Vikings I considered. Fans? I considered the Bears. I actually did, but I, I went with the Vikings. I take. A, I took a risk. A big risk. That's a much bigger risk than your Ravens. Hey, from a non-biased standpoint, I mean, if it, now if Browns are home, I think I'd be picking the Browns. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, next up, uh, Eagles and the Skins. I'm going with the Eagles. Going with the Eagles all day. Uh, next up, Steelers and the Bengals. The Steelers. Now, this is the game no one's talking about. Because they're kind of getting it to be that almost the same way, same way as um, on, on your side. Mm-hmm. And everyone's considering that okay, Eagles and Steelers are one, Vikings and Ravens are the job. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think they're right in, in that assumption. I just hope that the, I just hope that the Eagles, for your case, the Eagles, in my case, the Steelers, are looking past their games. Yes. But I am picking yes. the Steelers. Yep. And then the last but not least, I think this one is probably one of your games of the week: Colts and Titans. I'm going with the Colts. I believe the Colts yeah. take down the Titans. This is definitely your game of the week because both teams have are. I think it's the only match that we have two playoff games. Win and in. Win and in for either of them. Mm-hmm. And loser goes home. Yep. I'm not going to get in these weird um, scenarios where if both teams tie or this one ties. And, yeah. No. Win and in for either of them. Loser goes home. I'm going to Colts. So. Colts. Absolutely. And uh, with that, Tyler, that's that's episode 24. 24 episodes goes fast. Woo! And that's it for our. Uh, our uh, week 17 predictions and uh, next week's playoff week, man. Playoffs. Playoffs? We got playoff week. Um, so we are going to uh, have some fun with that. Um, now, before we get off the air, just want to give a quick shout out. It's your time massage. Our tremendous sponsor, Amanda, does a great job and uh, with her massage business there. They, she's tremendous, isn't she? Oh, yeah. She, she's Without a doubt. Um, so, uh, you can always book with It's Your Time Massage at IYTMassage.com or you can check her out on Facebook at It's Your Time Massage. Um, Amanda is amazing at what she does. I hope you guys check it out. Um, give her a call. You can shoot her a message on Facebook. You can shoot her a message on her website. You can book all that good stuff. Please come out and, uh, and, uh, support such a wonderful massage therapy business. And, uh, Tyler, we're, 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 in, we're set, man. 
This time next week, there'll be no more regular season games. No more regular season games. We're we're amped up. I'm fired up for it. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about draft next week. I'm going to have that draft order all set for you. We're going to go through a little bit of the uh, the um, big board here for the top 20 teams or the, the, the top 20 selections. Um, that's going to start filling itself out as well. So it, it gets kind of exciting from here. We're going to start talking a little about playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. So um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. For Tyler, Dean, and myself, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.